What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best Damn Move Related Show on the planet Earth, the John Canby Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, and Halo. And joining us today, <laughs> sitting right over here, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir? John, you know, we made it through the Ides of March. I feel okay. And we're all still here. Ides of March came and went, and we're all still here. Also still here, after watching some Halo yesterday, yes. and joining you guys in the live chat, it's Mr. Ray Aura. Ray, how you doing? Well, I'm trying to join, but my thing is just like spinning and spinning, this buffering thing. It won't even load the page. So, I've but anyway. He'll be in there. Yeah. He'll be in there. I'll share a screen with you, Ray. Sitting right beside him, of course, is Chris Carr. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. We got to talk about Schoolhouse Rock this morning, which was delightful. Chris was actually, no kidding, Chris was singing us a song this morning. I was. She was singing us a delightful tune. Interjections. Interjections. Excite, excitement or emotion. I, I, yeah, I, I learned something new in here <laughs> every day. And guys, we hope you will learn something new joining us here today. It's good to have you. Here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break the show up into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to take some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. Now, if you have a live comment or question you'd like to send in, for the show and you're watching live that's important you got to be watching live then go ahead and use the super chat feature and we'll read those off when we get to the end of the main topics i will have the super chat feature open for a few minutes longer because it's already filling up but if you got a qu comment or question or observation you want to send in do that now but listen maybe you want to send in a comment or question but you're not watching the show live you watch a show one of the other 22 hours during the day and you're wondering how can i get a question read by john or rob or possibly both there is a show we do three times a week called Mailbag. If you'd like to get in a comment or question for Mailbag, simply jump down into the comment section below, not the comment section below, sorry, the description of this video, and you'll see a tip link. Click on that there or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question right on Mailbag if we deem your comment or question appropriate to be used on the show. And, of course, you'll be supporting the channel at the same time. All right, guys. With that down, a little bit of housekeeping here. I want to remind you that if you want your daily fix of the John Campy Show, but you can't be in front of a YouTube video, maybe you're commuting or jogging, whatever, good news, there is an audio-only version of the show that we simply call the John Campy Show Podcast. It is available on your favorite podcasting app of choice. Just go, search for it, subscribe to it so it's there when you need it. Also, we have another podcast feed simply for our new show, movie club and of course the newest episode of movie club we had yesterday we were talking about django unchained so if you can't be there when we're doing a live you want to listen to it later go and subscribe to the movie club podcast all right now guys with all that down and out of the way let's move on to some off the tops here shall we and our first off the top is this you know one of the biggest things the world of entertainment I, i've said this for a long time one of the big things the world of entertainment has been sorely lacking in the last decade plus is a good dose of Mike Myers. 
We have desperately, terribly missed him. The entertainment world needs Mike Myers. I'm not even saying he's got to do Austin Powers 6, 7, 8, and 9. I'm just saying we need Mike Myers back. Now, a while ago, we heard whispers that there was going to be a Netflix series called The Pentaveret, which if you know Mike Myers' history, you know that The Pentaveret is a secret society of people who control the world, made up of the queen, Colonel Sanders. Ooh, you're going to buy my chicken. By the way, that's all comes from Mike Myers' film, So I Married an Axe Murderer, one of the greatest comedies of all time. But in So I Married an Axe Murderer, Mike Myers' dad, played by himself, talks about this thing called the Pentaveret, and they decided to make an entire new show out of it. And the first trailer for the Pentaveret has dropped. Let me say a couple things here. First, this is a terrific idea. <laughs> this is such an amazing idea. Mike Myers doing a show about a secret society of five individuals who really actually control the world. Fantastic. Love it. Basing it on something and so I married an axe murder, even better. Fantastic. I love it. Uh, and it gets Mike Myers coming back, which is what we desperately need in this world. That being said, <laughs> the trailer is not great. Now, I have seen many trailers that I don't like, that I end up loving the movie or TV show. Harley Quinn was a trailer for a TV show, for a TV cartoon that I thought looked terrible. And now I'm passionately in love with that show. And maybe that could be the case here as well. And I certainly hope that it is. But if I'm going to be honest, even though Mike is one of the kings, one of the true Canadian princes, a prince of Canada, if there were such a thing, Mike Myers is it. And if it's going to be anybody to do something great, it's going to be him. But I got to say, guys, I watched this trailer I didn't so much as grin. Well, no, I, t I take that back. I take that back. There's a thing about the nudist colony joke. I, I admit, I, I, I cracked a grin on that one. But for the most part, I, I, I certainly didn't laugh. And maybe this is just an example of a very bad trailer to hopefully something that's going to be a good show. I, I, I Hopefully, fingers crossed. I've got a lot of hope for it. We need Mike Myers in this world. So... But I got to admit, the trailer did not super work for me. Chris, you just watched the trailer mm -hmm. for it. What did you think of it? Oh, man. Well, I was happy to get a How I Married an Axe Murder refresher. And I love the idea of just taking the ramblings of Stuart McKenzie and going, no, let's say they're real. He's not just some conspiracy theorist. This is a real thing. Um, will they still meet triannually in Colorado? We're going to find out. <laughs> I'm kind of with you on this, though. This is a little lackluster. And I like the idea more than the execution of this. I'm hoping I like the execution of the entire show. And I'm a really big Keegan-Michael Key fan, too. So having him in this well, he also. Does, he looks the first time I've seen him with hair. I know. He looks great. I'm, so I'm excited to see him in this. Ken, obviously, too, is hysterical. So I think we've got a real great comedy ensemble here. I'm hoping this is something, though, that once I sit down to watch the show, I'm really going to enjoy it. And that it goes back to that kind of zany comedy that we know and love from classic Mike Myers uh, projects. Rob, I know uh, you are also a, a fellow who loves... My uh, my beloved Soy Marion Axmer and Mike Myers, you're a big appreciator of Mike Myers. You had a chance to see this trailer. What did you think of it? Like you, John, I found this trailer to be sort of a crushing disappointment. I mean, I <laughs> I don't believe I don't believe I used sort the phrase crushing? crushing disappointment. Okay, well, I like but, that it's okay. sort of a crushing disappointment. <laughs> Like, okay. I hate it a little. 
Well, I mean, no, I, 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 I look, you know, I, I am a fan of, of, of Kubrickian comedy, like Dr. Strangelove. You know, I think Dr. Strangelove is one of the great satires, one of the great black comedies of all time. This, I would expect, because Mike Myers, I love Mike Myers' comedy, comic sensibility. And remember, even Mike Myers shows up in Inglorious Bastards. We were talking Tarantino yesterday on the movie club. And he plays a serious role in that yes. movie. And he's really good. And so I, I wanted to get something in these crazy times, the idea of a pentaveret existing. What an irresistible idea. And I think there's comedy gold to be mined there. This trailer does not point me in the direction of that comedy gold. Mm. Uh, I, I, I don't think I was... This is not the river that I should be panning in, at least for me now. Now, hopefully, this is just the beginning. That meat thermometer joke, they, they end, you're supposed to end on a, a, good, a, a zinger, Mike. Uh, I think Mike did not end on his best line. And again, Mike Myers didn't make the trailer. I know it's but and and that's why like when we see stuff but like he had that, to have approved it no he didn't I, I guarantee you he didn't have approval rights over marketing like 95 percent of the time they don't have approval rights of my marketing. I don't know man I guarantee you Mike Myers didn't have approval my <laughs> rights over the marketing not well, a chance somebody should have but he... but you're right I mean but this is why I think we often get trailers that are completely subpar or sometimes feel out of step with the show or the movie is is because we often got to remind ourselves these trailers are made by people who are not the people who actually make the the content so that's why even though i i while i wouldn't call this trailer a crushing disappointment i was let down by it and and and, and i it was not what i was hoping to see but again seen lots of trailers for things yeah, that I were mean, bad and hopefully it turns out great yeah i, I don't want to be debbie downer here but but because it could be great you know, this is just a, a a quick glimpse. I've seen like you trailers that don't work. This trailer didn't work for me this morning. Maybe next day or day after. I'll... No, it ain't gonna work for me tomorrow either. Oh, well. <laughs> Maybe the next trailer just... will work. Yes, I'm gonna yes. keep my fingers crossed for that. But we'll see. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. What did you think of the trailer for the Pentaveret? I am so thrilled they made this. I just didn't like the trailer. Hopefully the show is much, much better than the trailer. What did you guys think of it? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. All right, guys. With that down, let's do a second off the top here, shall we? And that second off the top is this. You know, going around this room, there's a lot of things people are very excited to see. Rob over here, oh, he's waiting for Moon Knight. He cannot wait for Moon Knight. I, surprisingly enough, I'm very excited for Obi-Wan. I'm not quite sure what it is you're really, what the next thing you're dying for here, Chris. Sonic but I, and Bullet Train. I, well, Bullet Train, yeah. Well, if we're talking about the movie Movies. theaters, yeah, Bullet Train looks so good. But TV there's somebody in this room. There is. That is really looking forward to Halo. And that's Ray. So last night, I so I made a call. I knew Ray wanted to see this really bad. So I made a call. And yesterday we got sent the first two episodes of Halo. Mm -hmm. So we gathered around 
sat oh, down oh, oh. to watch Halo, <laughs> and it started with Rob crushing disappointment. Oh my god! But not because of the show, because they sent me they sent me a link to watch it on right. But we wanted to watch it on the TV, so I tried to airplay it to the TV. Wouldn't work. So I plugged in an HDMI cable into the thing and it said, nope. And then I read something on it says, yep, this will not let you see it on anything other than the screen you got. So me, Anne, and Ray, we cuddled around on the couch with our two dogs and put the laptop on the coffee table and snugged in to watch Halo. Were you the little spoon or the big spoon in this scenario? (laughs) Hey, Ray, you want to pull the mic a little bit closer to you? Well, because we had only like how many plays to press play? Five times. Yeah, this is the thing. when, When you look at the screener, it says if you have five plays of this. I'm like, oh, that's reasonable. I guess you're gonna watch five times. But you try to play it and it wouldn't work because of the uh, the error. No, yep. I'm like, all right. So I just got this error message. And you had to refresh the page. And when I refresh the page, you now have four plays left. We're like, crap. Inspector plug it gadget in. nonsense is this? Plug it into the TV. Refresh. Doesn't work. You and now have three plays. Left. I know it was like, and we're like, oh, what's happening? We it was gotta like, watch Halo. It was like watching uh, John disarm a time, a time bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like we only got two left. What are we going to do? I'm like sweating. Like, oh my God. But we finally got it working. Just watching it on the laptop in, in front of our thing. All right. So we got two different perspectives here. We got the perspective of me who I haven't played a Halo game since I played a little bit of the first Halo game. We've got Ray, who plays Halo, yeah. right? So let me, and you can tell we came from two different perspectives. And we're not going to give any spoilers away here. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I will let you tell, tell you, these are not the Disney Plus bullshit 27-minute episodes. Each one of these episodes was near an hour. Uh, so mm-hmm. each of the first two episodes, the, I leave, the, both of them were both over 50 minutes. So I'm like, sweet. So I knew I liked that right away. So we get into the first episode, does a lot of laying of the groundwork and stuff like that, right? And I got to tell you, the first 15, 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I really liked. Like, I'm not going to tell you what happens, but it's it's big action sequences happen. And like, they did stuff, because remember the the first teaser for Halo they dropped? I was like, that looks a little cheap. Yeah, it don't look cheap no more. It does no. This show does not look cheap. Whatever criticisms you may have of the show, looking cheap is not one of them. Uh, they they put a lot of money into the visual effects on this and good action choreography and things like that. So there's that. Then we start to get a sense of the overall world and what's going on in this world. We get a little bit of the conflict. There's this thing called the Covenant, but it's still kind of a big mystery to everybody and all this kind of stuff. Then there's a little bit of national treasure in there. Where there's a <laughs> I know that sounds Rob, weird. Rob is so confused. They um, steal but the Declaration of Independence. There, well, well, there, there's there's a MacGuffin. There's a okay. significant MacGuffin that gets introduced in and all this kind of stuff. And then we get into episode two, and it gets a little bit more into laying background and laying story and more narrative and all that kind of stuff. I will tell you this. There is the big question a lot of people had going in is, will Master Chief take off his helmet? Yeah, he does. And it's awful lot. But for me, who's not a hardcore player of the games, I didn't care. I actually appreciated that the helmet came off. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I haven't played this game in a long time, but unless you can tell me, and maybe you can, if I were to ask you, if somebody were saying to me, you know, Master Chief can't take his helmet off, and I ask why, if the only answer is because he doesn't in the game, that's not a good enough reason. 
If there's a reason in the game that he cannot or does not take his helmet off, like, for instance, in Mandalorian, there's a reason he doesn't take his helmet off. It is part of the code. This is the way. We never take our helmets off. That's important. And I, I simply don't know if in Halo mythology there's a reason the Spartans can't take their helmets off. But if there's not, and the only reason you got is, well, they don't do it in the game. That's not a good enough reason. This isn't the game. This is screen. And for me, as a non-Halo player, I was perfectly good with him taking the helmet off and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And then you got some background. I'll say this. Here's my overall impressions. And again, we're going to make sure we don't give anything away here. Um, I enjoyed it. I like this show. Was, am I like clawing at the chalkboard, dying to see the next episode like I was after like WandaVision and stuff like that? No, it's not like going to be my top five favorite things I see on TV this year. But for getting off to a start, I... I actually think this show's off to a pretty good start. Uh, I enjoyed what I saw. Again, the stuff that they're laying the foundation of, maybe a lot of game players. Like, I know Ray pointed at the TV a lot going, Easter egg, Easter egg, Easter egg. And I'm like, I have no idea what we're talking about, but okay. But but it worked for me. Again, I'm not going to say it's fantastic, it's great. I know there's been some mixed reviews online, but hey, as a novice to this, I got to say, I'm down for watching episode three. So uh, yeah. there's that. Now, Ray... You were dying. I mean, yesterday was game day for you. Uh, yeah. Game day. And you know this game way better than than I ever will. What was your impressions of First it? First of all, I think Rob would actually like the show. Just because it's very, there's there's a lot of, um, like I was saying to John, a, a part of it reminds me of like when I was watching or saw a couple of episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. Like there's, it's very, just yeah. a couple There's of a episodes? lot of dialogue. Uh, I, I, and that's not a bad thing. Um... <laughs> uh hardcore halo fans oh man i can't wait to see their reaction to this because a lot of it is different like um just a lot of it's different a lot of things are changed in in this from the game but i i actually thought it was okay everything they did the one disappointing thing i had was the music halo is known for like the music and the you know the themes and stuff Right. I didn't. I didn't really notice any of the music. Like even the ones they played, it was f forgettable. I guess to me, which was kind of a disappointment. But the sound effects were great during that ac action sequence. John was talking about like the booms and everything. You felt them even on a little, on the little. The impact of things was great. Um, it's gonna, it's gonna take time to get used to this Master Chief. But I'm, I'm on board. Now you were mentioning one of the things you were mentioning was that this is different. That this is like, or somebody like me wouldn't know that watching it. But what would you say without giving spoilers away? Were some maybe the, like some key differences to you just generally? I, I just say one thing: he's more human. That's it. Right. He's more human, and you have to accept that. If you don't accept that, then you're not going to like it. That's 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 basically all I'll say. All right. Um, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you something that I really loved. And again, I don't know how close or far away this is from the game stuff. The way they introduce the covenant in this, and we get to see a little bit into the covenant hierarchy, that whole part I found fascinating. Like, I'm like, that's good. I'm really excited to find out more about that culture uh, and everything. And again, the, the CGI mm -hmm. on the alien creatures was for television, top shelf for television. It was absolutely top shelf. So, yeah, I know I've seen a bunch of mixed reviews going around online, and that's fine. But for me, 
I kind of liked it. And Ray, I know you said you you were on board. Yeah, with yeah. It. I can't wait to see the next episode. Okay, there's if any everybody when you get a chance to watch episode two, there's a uh, character in there who I thought stole that whole episode. And uh, oh, I think yeah. you'll know you'll know who I'm talking about when you get there. Is it the one with the blonde hair? <laughs> yeah, the yeah. one with the blonde hair. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. That that that's the only thing that made that episode like. I I would have uh yeah I would have just said yeah but yeah that made the episode and um I can't wait to see what's next because that cliffhanger was pretty good yeah the cliffhanger was good I I've got to ask you I mean Halo is obviously known for its its romance and character development and great pathos between the characters you know the the really how it gets into the nitty gritty of the human experience now knowing that he's being facetious ladies and gentlemen. knowing that uh does the character development the way that a tv show has to develop characters does it work in the context of if you're a halo fan that's i'm not sure it worked for me i don't know i can't speak because i even with the master chief figures on my desk i consider myself very casual there's people that read the books and get all into that just like as with any other thing star wars harry potter lord of the rings i i'm dying to hear what a hardcore fan would think of the show right because it's it's not going to be what you expect it's not what you uh they would probably be, probably expect but i think it's encouraging i mean uh, if you liked it and you're a, even if you're a casual fan but if you're you've been really excited for this yeah. so it's nice to know you didn't come away crushingly disappointed no no i'm watching the next episode for sure yeah well, that's, that's good i, think I that, have to watch the next that's an episode. endorsement mm -hmm. yeah uh, and for me i'm excited because i you know john is a good science fiction so far yeah yeah and, and the best again to me the most intriguing part is the MacGuffin and the and the covenant culture that's the part that's really getting me interested but that's good that's yeah. what, that that's music to my ears it can still go either way like this show right. can still go either right. way but right now i'm kind of on board it, it, it did its job if if a show can uh make you want to watch the next one then it did its job yeah. i think all right guys question is for you what do you think? Have you guys been excited for Halo? Maybe you're a hardcore Halo player. Maybe you're not at all. Maybe you think the show looks good. Maybe you don't. Maybe you've heard a lot of the stuff that some people online are saying about it. Whatever you guys are thinking right now, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video, ExpressVPN. Now, guys, does it make sense that the same company who controls half the online retail also passively eavesdrops on your private conversations at home? Or what about the idea that a single company controls 90% of the internet searches, runs your email service, and gets to track everything you do on your smartphone? You guys know that big tech is more powerful than most countries are, and they profit by exploiting your personal data. It's time to put a layer of protection between your online activity and these tech juggernauts. And that's why I use ExpressVPN. You see, when you run ExpressVPN on your device, the software hides your IP address, something that big tech companies can use to personally identify you. So ExpressVPN makes your activity harder to trace and sell to advertisers. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers and eavesdroppers on your network. So stop handing over your personal data to the big tech monopoly that mines your activity and sells your information. Protect yourself with the VPN that I I trust to keep me safe online. Visit expressvpn.com slash campia. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash campia to get three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com slash campia right now to learn more. And thank you to the good folks at ExpressVPN for being a sponsor of today's episode 
of the John Campia Show. All right, guys, with that down, let's get into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here on the show? Well, it's really simple. You guys come up with them. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? Our first one is from Tyler Elder. Hi, John and crew. I can't wait for Top Gun Maverick, especially since hearing they filmed in real fighter jets. Variety just reported that it's getting a premiere at the 75th uh, Cannes Film Festival this May, even though it feels like we've been waiting 75 years for it. <laughs> this news only adds to my anticipation. My question is, are you guys surprised that the long overdue sequel is getting a slot at the prestigious festival? And does this raise your excitement level? Thanks. All right, thanks for sending that in, man. And yeah, look, uh, joking aside, we have been waiting forever for Top Gun. When they dropped the Top Gun trailer, there was still Comic-Con. I mean, I mean, you gotta, you gotta go back. <laughs> you gotta go back to when San Diego Comic-Con was actually being held in person. I still remember when Tom Cruise comes out, we're gonna show the first look at our new Top Gun. This movie was supposed to come out years ago. And then it was supposed to come out months ago. And then they moved it again. Now, we've, we've mentioned before that we have seen, Aaron and I saw like 13, I can't remember if it was 13 or 18 minutes, keep going back in my head. But anyway, they showed us a chunk of the new Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick. And all we can say is that we loved what we saw. I was so surprised. Because, you know, for a long time I said, ah, this is, this is too little too late. This is something that should have happened 15 years ago. This is something that, you know, but what we saw was fantastic and now it's coming out and it is indeed getting played at the world famous cons film festival uh this comes us from the folks at variety right the following tom cruise's top gun maverick has been cleared for takeoff with a special screening at the Cannes film festival as variety predicted earlier this month the top gun sequel will screen during the french film fest which celebrates its 75th anniversary later this year and that is a big deal and again that comes us from the folks at variety it's a big deal when your film gets to play there. However, I'm going to say this. Is it a good thing that it's playing at Cannes? Yes. Because it's opening there. It looks like it's going to open there maybe a week and a half to two weeks before the movie opens. Which means word is going to get out about it. So this tells us that Paramount is comfortable with word about this movie getting out prior to even the review embargoes lifting and when the movie debuts. So that's a good sign. But is it automatic that, ooh, if it plays at Cannes, then it must be autistic? No, a lot of different films have played at Cannes. Don't get me wrong, it's great when your film can play there. But for instance, Lightyear is going to be playing there, which is probably going to be awesome in and of itself. So I would say this. This movie playing there is a good sign. Is it the be-all and end-all that should completely change our perception of this movie of how good it's going to be? No. But it's a good sign nonetheless. Anyway, Rob... Where's your expectation level right now? We're getting closer and closer, finally, to Top Gun Maverick, assuming they don't move it again. And what do you think about the significance, if there's any significance, of it playing at Ken? John, I'm not going to lie. I'm deliriously excited for this movie. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. Like, like, when I was a kid, I built a lot of planes. 
And the F-14 Tomcat was one of my favorite jets ever in the American air arsenal. And it was like watching the original Top Gun for me was like porn. It was literally like watching pornography. That's how exciting I found it because it was all full of F-14s flying in the air. I mean, like, my God. Now, this movie doesn't have F-14s because we don't fly them anymore, which is too bad, but they're outmoded. But still, Joseph Kaczynski, who directed this film, directed Tron Legacy, which eh, was disappointing. But he also made Oblivion, which I actually really liked. And the more I watch Oblivion, the better off it gets. And he obviously directed Tom Cruise in Oblivion. So there's a reason why... Tom Cruise wanted Kaczynski to direct this film. And he's got a really interesting, it's almost a clinical visual style that he's brought to the flight scenes in this from what we've seen. Dude, the flight scenes in this movie, come on. I mean, the way they were mounting IMAX cameras or whatever, they were inside cockpits and on the planes. The flying scenes in this movie from what we've seen, and you've confirmed it for me, are the most insane jet flying scenes that have ever been committed to film. Not since, I mean, Bad Robot just announced they're going to produce a Blue Angels documentary, which is probably going to be even better. But I can't wait for this movie. I just need to understand why Tom Cruise, after 35 years, is still flying jets. Mm-hmm. Well, and, that, and I'll tell you what. The first 15 minutes of that the movie basically tells you. Well, okay. that's a good thing. Yes. That's okay. a good thing. But come on, man. I hear, I hear Harold Faltermeyer's Top Gun anthem, which they, you know, they use it again. I, come on. Dude, I'm telling you what. You're My that- nostalgia button is pushed to the the red line <laughs> on this thing. Come on. I, I Again, you know me, the pessimism I've had about the project, but sitting in that theater in Vegas at CinemaCon, and we knew, okay, we're about to show us a little bit of Top Gun. Okay. Dark screen and that iconic gong. Yeah. Bong. And that gong is 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 so, there's not that, when you hear that gong, it means one thing. Yeah, Top Gun. That's it. And then a bit of silence, and then another gong, and then the little the percussion is gong, and then the notes, right? And I'm sitting there going, dude, I had a physiological on. reaction I, that I wasn't expecting. I know like, I will. The hair on my arms are standing up, and I'm like, I, just hearing the sound, and then the picture comes in, and then we got to see what we saw. So, yeah, anyway, Chris, you hear about this like number one where are your expectation levels like right now for top gun and then more specifically does the fact that it's getting an entrance entrance into cons does that increase your excitement for it is it not a big deal how do you see it so i mean i'm gonna be honest this is not a movie that that revs my engine were you laughing at me um, when i was no i okay it. i was just checking I, lo- I love your enthusiasm rob yuck your yum but this is just like the content here is not something that I really go out for. Like I'm not a, a fighter jet kind of gal, you know, but I, I hopefully when I see this, though, we'll go, wow, what an interesting film. How fun. I mean, the thing I liked most about the first one was Val Kilmer. So maybe there'll be something here for me. We'll find out. Um, that all said, the fact that it's it can doesn't really mean anything. Um, everything has been there from like prestigious films with Daniel Day-Lewis a- a- in it, right? To my buddy Asta Perretta is getting there and promoting, you know, Return to Newcomb High for the Troma uh, company. You know, so all kinds of films go to this film festival. Going to a festival doesn't determine its merit. How it's received to that festival, that's a different thing. So but, we'll see. But I would say this, John, because I didn't answer this question. Um, the thing about the Cannes Film Festival is this this is a stu- this is a big studio tentpole movie that they spent a lot of money on. It's been sitting on a shelf for a while. It's got one of the biggest movie stars in the world. 
I think that what we can take away from this is Paramount is incredibly confident in this film. And by giving it a global launch at the Cannes Film Festival is a hugely important thing as far as their marketing is concerned. And it also shows a vote of, vote of confidence on with the studio with this movie. Because if it sucked, <laughs> they're not going to do it. They're not, they're not going to launch it there because... You know the 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 most the most the most eviscerating critics of all are the French. I, <laughs> I mean, Cahiers du Cinema, and you know all the all the great the 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 they're the, they're the toughest market man. And um, if you can launch a movie at Cannes and the, and the critics, especially the French, because you know if you go to the Cannes Film Festival, they have applause that can last for minutes at this a time. Is true. And if you're sitting in the Grand Palais and you're you're you 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 they give you a, a standing ovation. Dude, you're golden. It does show confidence. But again, getting in, it's one thing. Are they going to get that applause? Well, Will see, they have earned that standing O? Will they receive it? With the, the showing confidence thing, you know, a movies getting bumped is never a great thing. But when Paramount was bumping this thing, it was done with the air of confidence in it. Because they, it's, it's almost like when they bumped this film, and this isn't true of others, but with this film, you felt like, because it could have released a few months ago. They could have done that. But they were like, listen, this movie is so good. We have got to get it like in the right place with the maximum amount of audience and all this kind of stuff. Like, so they have been kind of screaming confidence in this film right from the beginning. And so we'll find out well, wait, when I the got, French tells us if it's true or let not. Let me ask one more question to both Chris and you, Ray. Obviously, we're from a different generation. Right. We're from the Top Gun generation. You guys are younger than we are. Chris, we just heard your opinion. Mm -hmm. Ray, what do you think? Is this, do you think your generation is Because let excited? me tell you right now, Ray never shuts up about Cannes Film Festival. Like that's all he talks about all the time, every day, all yeah. of his various experiences at Cannes. It's been great. Top Gun. Are you a Top Gun guy? Like, oh, are you excited for this movie? Because you're younger than me. I was never, I was never the hardcore Top Gun guy, but I need a movie with fast planes right now. It's just something. <laughs> it's just something that I haven't that. seen in a while, and I, I'm like with all the superhero movies and this and that. I need something to. And sing. it's real. They and shot you, the. Do stuff. you feel the need? The need for speed. <laughs> the need for speed, <laughs> especially the way we saw the Mandalorian, like in that the thing with his. Oh, trip. with his little. Oh, I can't yeah, wait yeah. to see the real stuff. Tom Cruise do his thing. Let's not talk a lot in this movie, please. Or else I'll go to sleep. Just be in the air, be shooting something. <laughs> Let's do it. Whatever war you're in, not do talking. Do it for a long time. Listen, I don't want any dialogue in this film. All right. Just do it for a long time. Every now and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bogey, bogey, something like that. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just let bogey, me see bogey. the 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 headset view. Let me let me feel the speed that you're going. Let me feel the dog chases. Or the the dog or whatever the, uh, whatever they're dog, called dog fights, dog fights. <laughs> and the dog chases whatever, um and and that's it. Let's just be in the sky the whole time. Unlimited gas. Let's go. All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about this? Are you looking forward to Top Gun Maverick? Is it too little, too late? Are you excited about its entrance in the festival? Maybe it's not a big deal. Whatever you guys are feeling, jump on down to the comment section below. <laughs> And let us know your thoughts. Oh, boy. Okay, guys. With that down, <gasps> let's move on to main topic number two, shall we? This is like the best week of this show ever. <laughs> Chris, what is our second main topic today? This is from Anonymous Meatball. 
Hi, John. I noticed in the last Moon Knight promo that the on-screen text says, on March 30th, the sixth episode event arrives on Disney+. Plus. And in other marketing material, the verbiage is, experience the sixth episode event, streaming March 30th, only on Disney+. Plus. To me, this almost sounds like they're saying that all six episodes will drop at the same time by calling all six of them a single event. What do you think? Could this be the first time Disney Plus releases a brand new Marvel show all at once? All right. Thanks for saying that in, man. And you know what? It's, it's funny that you wrote that because I remember when I saw the verbiage for that, the sixth episode event, number one, massive disappointment again. It's just six episodes. I Let's know. get back to real television, shall we? Shall we get back to real <laughs> television, like with real seasons? Anyway, uh, the sixth episode event drops. But it, it did sound like they were almost saying singularly. And I will admit that that thought crossed my mind as well. And you are not alone because I've gotten at least half a dozen emails from people saying, are they, are they dropping Moon Knight all at once? Are we going to be able to binge Moon Knight all at the same time? And it's understandable when you look at the way they marketed that because you got to think about it. Now, look, Disney so far with Disney Plus has taken the better, wiser, smarter approach of releasing it week by week. Now, for bingers like myself and some of you guys, we may personally like being able to say, oh, it's on, and then just sit there and rifle through every single episode at once. I get that because I am one of those people. But there's been no denying. We have seen example after example after example that has proved that when you have a good show and you release it week after week, it is much better for your show. The word of mouth spreads. It stays in the pop cultural conversation for longer periods of time. Your ratings start to climb and go through the roof. And Disney has shown that with their series pretty much every time. But Disney is also, Disney Plus, I should say, is also a relatively new service. The idea that they would want to experiment with other formats and approaches is not only within the realm of possibility, but probably to be expected. If you are wise, you will try things with your content and your material and your product to see if you get a different reaction or a better reaction from different segments of your viewership. And so it is not ludicrous to think that although Disney has been doing the smarter thing of releasing it week after week, that they may at some point say, you know what, we at least have to experiment with this. And maybe Moon Knight is that thing. But it's not. Uh, they are releasing Moon Knight uh, week after week, as has been their very tried and true successful thing. Uh, like any other show of Marvel on Disney Plus since WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, and Hawkeye would be releasing its episodes weekly where there would be an interval of a week before the next run arrives. Should you prefer to watch it all at once, you would have to wait for it for all the episodes to be released before being able to do so. So, I mean, yeah, it... It just comes down to the fact that this has worked. This is what they're doing. Now, I'm going to tell you guys this, though. I still don't think it would be the worst idea for Disney to experiment with it sometime. To try doing it where we take a season of something, even specifically if it's like a short little thing, like six episodes, and just drop it all at once and just see how the audience responds to it. I think we know how they will. The proof is already there, but they haven't experimented with yet, and it might be good to do so. Rob, uh, you know, you are more than anybody I know are really excited about Moon Knight. I am. Uh, it looks like they are going to be doing this week after week, but do you think a show like Moon Knight with just six episodes maybe 
could have been one they could have ex uh, experimented with, with a, a dropping all at once. It sounds like they could have. I mean, for me, I just watch every episode six times, so I get a six-hour event every week. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I, I, I think that, that this is the kind of show... You know, I think that Hawkeye... Like, WandaVision was great having it every week. Yeah. The anticipation was great. I was excited. I think Hawkeye would have worked better if we could have binged the whole thing all at once. I agree with that. You know, I mean, it didn't, it, there wasn't enough different stuff going on. It was, it was, it, it felt to me like, well, we have to figure out a way to end this episode. So they would end in the middle of a scene or something. And I, I, I felt like it wasn't designed to be that way. Yeah. And I think some of these Marvel shows, I mean, I think they, we have to make them series, but sometimes they feel like they're a movie that's been hacked up. Mm -hmm. At least I felt that way with Hawkeye. I don't know how Moon Knight's going to go, but if it is truly globe trotting and there's multiple locations and they're going to different places, it makes sense that it's a series. But like with Hawkeye, it was like in the same neighborhood. So <laughs> it, 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 it was like, you know, we're let's go see the the Ren Fair dudes in the park, and now we're going to go to the, the someone's apartment. You know, it didn't it didn't have the kind of scope that lent itself. Whereas you could say, well, WandaVision Rob took place in a small town, but. But they had whole different eras of sitcoms. So you, you there was a, and then the, in that fourth episode, you got out of that town and you're suddenly with sword and you're figuring out all this other stuff. So every episode became wildly different or giving you new information. So I, I can't tell you whether it should be a binge thing yet, John, but I agree with you. I think one day they should try um, and and give us a series that we can binge. I don't know if they'll do that, but. Well, I'll say this about the Hawkeye thing. I mean, I think you're right. I think Hawkeye would have been a better viewing experience watching it all at once. But it doesn't change the fact that it is better for the show to still release of course. one week at a time. So, I mean, and that's the thing. I think there have been a couple of series, actually, that I think might have played a little bit better had we been able to sit down and just watch them all the way through. I think Loki could have been one of those, too. I, I absolutely think Loki could have been one of those. But again, it doesn't change the fact that it was better for the show to be released week after yeah. week and yeah. stuff like that. Anyway, Chris, you know, we're approaching a show like Moon Knight. Mm -hmm. uh, these series seem to be getting shorter and shorter. Uh, but do you think this is something that they at some point could do it by dropping all things at once and seeing how it plays? Do you think there's advantages to that? And do you think that a, a Moon Knight could have been a show like that? I think Moon Knight could have been, and I think they could do this in the future. But one of the things we always talk about on here, though, right, is you binge something, and then are we talking about it two days later? Do we really right. continue speaking about this? And if it's a great show, yeah, we do. If there's something amazing that we all binged, oh my gosh, I can't wait for you to get through this. And certain shows do lend themselves to a binge more. Um, I'm waiting out a Servant because I like binging that show, you know? And I know that's a very different show than the Disney Plus <laughs> option. No, but I agree with you. Yeah, and, and Hawkeye too. I do feel it felt kind of like a, a movie that got sliced up, right? Um, I'm hoping though, because this is such an intricate character, that we need these episodes, we need this space in between to really think about the things they're portraying here mm -hmm. and really have some time to marinate episode to episode about what's all going on with Mark, Stephen, however we're feeling in that episode. I also think too that that it would help creatives understand because they don't release numbers about these things. But if you know, like with, with 
if you're developing a show that you know is going to get binged as opposed to something that's going to be watched on a weekly basis, I think the writing of the show would would change. Mm -hmm. You know, in terms of of if you know that all the episodes are going to drop at once, how you conceive those episodes, like on a Netflix show, yeah. from episode to episode, you can be like, okay, these people are good. And once they're all available, it doesn't really matter. But when they first come out, maybe it will affect the way people write write the shows oh, for sure well, i mean I'm... i think that hawkeye i don't know why but that that was the first time i ever felt the show really needed to be bingeable i i, I really felt that hawkeye i i found the ending of every episode sort of obtrusive like what well, this doesn't seem like you're you're ending in the middle of a scene or it just didn't feel right and sometimes and, it just feels like the executives not knowing what they want to do with the show too because this this is something we see in animation a lot um which is a whole other issue in itself of we'll have season 1a right and right. then 1b comes into play because it's oh no we'll keep going with this keep going tell me more story figure it out right now okay well how are you plotting that story around those kinds of constraints then okay well you gave me one season so i contained it and now i've got more to do Okay, now what do I do? And right. I'm also still getting the same pay rate as one season. Oh, okay. But I feel like that's something that Disney, going into this, going into the writer's room, they do need to have those conversations of how is this media going to be consumed so that it's a better viewing experience. Yep. But I, again, I, I just think it's, it's they pretty much already know how their medium is going to be consumed, right? Because you bring up the great point there, Chris. The, the problem is, is that these shows that are dropped all once, they come out. 72 hours later, nobody's talking about them anymore. Right. Kaiser says it. That's right. Everybody freaks out and goes, oh, wow, wow, wow. And then 48 hours later, the party's over and mm -hmm. nobody talks about it. Whereas, how long were we talking about WandaVision? Oh, my God. Months. Still. I mean, still to this day, we were. <laughs> and, Doctor and, Strange and, and the Multiverse yeah. of Madness is about WandaVision. And Hawkeye was way more successful than it had any business being because I, I, I don't even think watching that back-to-back -back saves that show. But, I mean, it, the viewership kept going up every week. The viewership went up. So it's 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 going to be hard for them to break out of that mold, but it would be something worth experimenting with. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this whole thing? Do you think Disney Plus at some point could or should experiment with dropping their things all at once? Maybe make for a better viewing experience for a one-time shop. But then again, I, I think us hardcore bingers, I think we're a minority. But I, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. We want to take a minute and thank the sponsors of this video, Liquid IV. Now listen, just one stick of Liquid IV added to 16 ounces of water will hydrate you faster and more efficiently than just water alone. It contains five essential vitamins like B3, B5, B6, B12, and of course vitamin C with three times the electrolytes as traditional sports drinks. And what makes Liquid IV so effective is the science of cellular transport technology or CTT. You see, it's designed to enhance rapid absorption of water and other key ingredients into your bloodstream faster and more more efficiently. You know, Ann and I get up pretty early in the morning to go to the gym because we can't go to the gym at any other time during the day. And for the last couple of weeks, I have been drinking one full glass of water with Liquid IV. And all I can tell you is you can feel the difference during the workout. So go and grab Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code CAMPIA at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code Campia, that's C-A-M-P-E-A, at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today when you go to liquidiv.com. And remember, use the promo code at checkout, Campia. And thank you to the good folks at Liquid IV for making this episode of the John Cabe Show possible. Thank you, guys. All right. With that down, let's move on to main topic 
Number three. Chris, what is our third main topic today? This one comes from Vince B. Hi, John. Longtime viewer. Found your movie blog website when Paramount pulled your website down over the Transformer drama. <laughs> oh, I'll explain that. <laughs> it's crazy to think that Kung Fu Panda is going to be 14 years old in a couple months. No. <laughs> but the popularity of the character still seems pretty big. Did you see the announcement that a Kung Fu Panda series is coming to Netflix and Jack Black is returning for it? What do you think about this news? And did you see the images for it? Thanks. All right. So just so you know what Vince is writing about, for, for those of you who don't know about this, so way back in the day when I was just getting started in the online world and I had my website, the movie blog, I got sent a picture. This is when they were shooting the first Transformers movie. Somebody sent me a picture with a couple of the cast and crew behind the scenes on, on set, but like off to the side on set and just took a picture with each other. Yeah, they just got together. You don't see anything from the movie there's nothing revealed, but they showed this. So I, I made a post about it on my movie blog, blah, blah, blah. Paramount? I, if I believe the order of events, I might not be remembering every detail right, but basically, if I'm remembering correctly, Paramount got a hold of my internet service provider of my hosting company and had my entire website taken down. Entire site taken down. Did you do a story about? Look, they're they're filming Transformers One. Blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, yeah. I was talking. About, hey, you know the the you know as you guys know, and it was my most anticipated film coming out. Like I had been a huge Transformers evangelist for this movie, right? And then I post that picture, and they had my entire thing taken down. Oh no! So I wrote this angry message, right? This angry letter, and it got picked up. Now before Reddit. Now, a lot of the kids won't remember this, but back in the olden days, well, there was this thing called Dig. What's a Dig? Dig was kind of like Reddit in a way. Dig was, I think the guy who created his name was Kevin Rose, but basically it was a site where people would post links to stories, and if they got upvoted enough, they would go to the front page of Dig. And if something, if you had something that got on the front page of Dig, it would blow up because everybody would then click on it, right? So... My little angry letter and what happened to me got on the front page of Dig and it kind of blew up. I got contacted by the vice president of Paramount. They apologize. <laughs> and and you know and I, and, and I actually do believe them. This is look these organizations are huge and sometimes the left hand doesn't know what the right hand sure. is doing and they were just like this shouldn't have happened. It, it shouldn't have happened at all. Would you please I was still living in Canada at the time. They're like would you please be our guest? Come down to L.A. We'd like to have you on set of the Transformers. Come down and be on set of the Transformers. Come down, meet Michael Bay. Do all this kind of stuff. I'm like, sure. So they flew me down. <laughs> it was my first trip ever to Los Angeles. And they put me up in the, you know, right at Hollywood and Highland where you park the, yeah, yeah. the hotel? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. used to be called the Hollywood Highland. Now it's called the Lowe's Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. I stayed in that hotel. That was the, That's where they put me up. And I got to hang out there. And then the next, after I went to the set, I got to meet Shia and Megan Fox and Michael Bay and all that kind of stuff. And then the next day, I got invited to Paramount Studios. I got to go meet the vice president and stuff like that. I mean, they, listen, I'll often say this. Mistakes happen. Like whether you're a restaurant and you bring the wrong dish out, like mistakes happen. The key is, do you do something to make up for the mistake? And listen, I gave full kudos to Paramount because a mistake got made and they bent over backwards to try to make it up to make up for it. And I, I get, I've been a huge fan and big respect to Paramount ever since. Anyway, that all being said, who cares about that side story? <laughs> I do. I'd never heard that before. Yeah. Oh, really? I never told you this story? Well, no. Kung Fu Panda. 
So Kung Fu Panda. First of all, shut your dirty lying mouth that this movie's turning 14 years old. What? <laughs> Kung Fu Panda's turning 14? Oh my God. Anyway, uh, a Kung Fu Panda, delightful film. One of those animated movies that came out and was way better than it had any business being. It was it's delightful. It's, it's a delightful so film. The ride at Universal Studios, too? I've never done it. Oh, it's so fun, John. Is it? It's so cute, and it's such a nice little break because you're just in, like, movie seats that move. And it's just, oh, it's precious. When they have the little bow stand, too, for Lunar New Year. Oh, it's the I'm going to have to try it out because Anne and I are annual members there. Uh, but I'm also really excited because they're opening up Mario Land. Yeah, yeah so that's going to be fun, too. But at any rate, so... There's been animated stuff, like some television stuff for Kung Fu Panda. I didn't think the last Kung Fu Panda movie was actually great, to be yeah. honest with you. The first two were really good, though. But apparently, yes, Kung Fu Panda is coming back with a Netflix original series. And Jack Black himself is back to do the voice of it. This comes to us from Animation World that right. In the new series, when a mysterious pair of weasels set their sight on a claim, well, talk about stereotyping villains. Uh, when a collect, when a uh, notorious pair of uh, weasels set their sight on a collection of four powerful weapons, Poe must leave his home to embark on a globe-trotting quest for redemption and justice that finds him partnered up with a no-nonsense English knight named Wandering Blade. I actually got to say, I love that name. Uh, together, these two mismatched warriors set out on an epic adventure to find the magical weapons first and save the world from destruction. And they may even learn a thing or two from each other along the way. Ah, that sounds so sweet and so nice. And by the way, they didn't just make the announcement. They put out some images of this thing. I didn't even know they were making this thing, to be honest with you. But it looks pretty great. And I got to say, starting to look at the images... I immediately started feeling kind of nostalgic and I wanted, I want to go back and visit Kung Fu Panda. I listen, if you had told me yesterday, Hey, there's going to be a story tomorrow about Kung Fu Panda coming back to Netflix. I would have thought, all right. But after looking at the images and stuff like that, I'm like, I've started feeling some nostalgia for it. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I want to go back and visit Kung Fu Panda again. Chris, you heard about this story. You've seen some yeah. of the images. Jack Black is coming back. Number one, how do you feel about the Kung Fu Panda franchise? And number two, do you think there's an audience here for it 14 years later? Shut up, think, watch, <laughs> stupid Siri. Get out of here, Siri. <laughs> okay. This is my time. This is my time down here. Um, I'm very excited about it. I love the Kung Fu Panda franchise. I think it's just precious. And Jack Black as Poe is so stinking cute. I really, really enjoy these movies. I love the relationship he has with his adoptive father. I love the whole mentor relationship he has with the other Kung Fu masters. Ooh, look at these weasels. That one, she's sassy. She's she up to no good. Mm -mm. No, 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 ma'am. Um, I think they're just really, really fun family films that everyone can enjoy. Um, were the Was the last one the best? There were some stumbles in there. But I think uh, having the whole original cast back here, too, is a really, really uh, big vote of confidence. Um, I'm pumped. I like it. I think they're really, really adorable. Rob? Uh, is is there room right now for more Kung Fu Panda? Do you think it's a key thing that Jack Black was coming back to do the voice? And how are you feeling about this in general? I think it is key getting creators to come back. Uh, I have to say that there's a lot of great animation that is, I think, if you're paying attention, there's some incredible animation that the streaming services are providing. Um, 
Arcane being, of course, one of them. Dota Dragon's Blood being oh, another. Yeah. Oh, but, a um, plug but there, you know, plug. The, no, but I think that there there has really been an effort. You know, Amazon picked up the Evangelion, the new Evangelion movie. I was happy to see that because I love that. Um, I think it's great. And I think that uh, I think the show will probably be pretty great. How many episodes is it? I didn't I didn't see. With Netflix, I imagine either eight or twelve. Yeah, that would be my I mean guess. that's that's still a substantial. I mean, these animated shows are having worked on one now. They're very well considered. It's not like somebody just tossing stuff off, being like, oh, "Let's do a Kung Fu Panda reboot or whatever." No, the I'm sure we're probably going to get a pretty good show out of it. So, all right, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? <laughs> First of all, I still can't believe Kung Fu Panda is turning fourteen. Uh, Kung Fu Panda is coming back. Jack Black is coming back to do the voice of it. It's coming to Netflix. Do you like the sounds of it? What are you guys feeling about it? Jump on down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four. Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? Um, this is from Akshat. Hey, John and crew. So a deleted scene from the end of No Way Home revealed Andrew Spidey telling Tom Spidey, you know where to find us. Is it just me, or did the MCU hint that their roles are not done yet? Do you think we're going to see more of them? Thanks, and bring on the Philly. All right, thanks a lot for sending that in. And, of course, the world has been, you know, enraptured in the whole thing about the Spider-Man returning, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire. But ever since the movie came out, the predominant question shifted from, will they appear in Spider-Man No Way Home, to, are they going to come back again? Are we going to see them in more MCU content in more Sony Spider-Man content have is coming and bringing them back for Spider-Man No Way Home just opening the door to that long-awaited amazing Spider-Man 3 that Andrew Garfield so badly deserves or the uh, Spider-Man 4 that Tobey Maguire was getting ready to do and then they pulled the plug on it there have been rumors going around that we could see one or both of them maybe in Doctor Strange 2. Then again, there are rumors I'm going to appear in Doctor Strange 2. And I'm pretty sure rumors that this phone is going to appear in Doctor Strange 2. Everybody's going to be in Doctor Strange 2. So, but there are some rumors going around that one or both of these guys could appear in there again. And my general feeling on it has been probably not. I mean, I, I really felt like, to me, it felt like having Andrew and Toby back in Spider-Man No Way Home was the proper goodbye that neither of them got in their respective film series. Both of them ended when they both thought they were getting another one. There were there were supposed to be an Amazing Spider-Man 3. There was supposed to be a Spider-Man 4. And neither of them got their chance to say goodbye. And I felt like Spider-Man No Way Home, that's what that was. It was them getting a proper send-off for them, for the audiences that love them. But we as audiences, you know, you give us an inch, we want to take a mile. Okay, well, you know that you gave us that goodbye, give us more, right? And that's kind of what we are. But so I've always felt that, no, this is their swan song, they're done. But as they pointed out in the question, a deleted scene from the movie has now, it's going around YouTube now, where you see that iconic shot that's near the end of the story for both of them in the movie when, you know, after Toby's been stabbed and Andrew's holding them up and they're kind of doing their goodbyes. We hear Andrew say, if you need us, you know where to find us. If you need us, you know where to find us. 
And as somebody who has been saying, I do not believe we're going to see either of them again. I've never had any inside information that that was true. I'm just saying, I, I don't believe we're going to see them again. Even I look at that and go, huh, not just because the line says, if you need us, you know where to find us, but they made the choice to take it out and to not put it in the movie. And even I, who try, I try not to wear the tinfoil hat too often, but even I got to go, huh, because it does on its surface seem to be a little bit of a door opening, a little bit of an avenue, if you will, that lays the groundwork that, yes, they can be found again. Even though, I don't know, when they say to to Tom, to Tom um, Holland, you know where to find us. Actually, the answer to that question is, no, the hell he does not know say, how to find you. There, does he? He absolutely has no idea where to find you, as a matter of fact. He barely knows how to find a college administrator. Yes, exactly. But, but even I got to say, this makes me go, hmm. It, it makes me wonder a little bit. And if they had just left that in the movie, I might not have even thought about it. But the fact that it was there and they decided to remove it makes me a little bit think a bit, Rob. Just think a bit. So whereas 48 hours ago, if you had asked me to set an over-under of the likelihood that either of these guys would return, I would give it about 8%. Not impossible, but not high, like 8%. Today, I'll say 25. I, I, I'm actually going up to a full one in four chance that we could see. And for me, that's a big leap. Okay, Rob, let me go over to you on this. Set me straight. Get this tin foil off my head. But anyway, there's this deleted scene now. We hear Andrew Garfield saying, you know where to find us. They decided to take it out. What, if anything, do you think this means? John, I'm, I'm doing a little consulting here. I'm... Uh... I'm just going to look at the box office, the final box office <laughs> for Spider-Man No Way Home. Let's let's take a gander. It's not quite the campy classroom, but uh, I'm going to look here. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home has made a total worldwide gross of $1,877,150. Yeah, 157. Wait a minute. One billion eight hundred and seventy-seven million one hundred and fifty-seven thousand. $164. That's $792 million domestically, $1.08 billion internationally for an incredible total. Let me ask you, <laughs> when in Hollywood history has anyone ever looked at a number like that and thought to themselves, nah, why should we even try and replicate that success? No. Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are absolutely coming back. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know Tom Holland. I don't even know if he's going to find him. As far as I know, Miles Morales could find him quick because he goes through the multiverse. Um, they're absolutely going to come back. And I don't know how and when. I'm thinking Andrew Garfield's going to be in Venom 3 because why Which not? I completely disagree with you on, but God, I hope you're I'm right. I'm just telling you. like I who, so I, hope I, you're I mean, right. Who, who, who so. wouldn't want Spider-Man to square off against Venom? Yep, I mean, I, I mean that's what I'm saying. And you've you've already set it up, and it, it, like, I, you know, I'm not smarter than Amy Pascal, I'm not smarter than Kevin Feige, and if you can, like, yeah, we can get away with it. I mean, I know they've got plans, but who wouldn't? 
They're schemers. Mm-hmm. Schemers. Schemer. They're planners. They're <laughs> scheming, baby. <laughs> Planning. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, look, I just think it'd be silly. The world loved seeing the two of them together. And to bring it back, whether they're in Multiverse of Madness or not, um, wouldn't it be great? Like, wouldn't it be cool if, isn't that the shout out to Rob G? Wouldn't it be cool if, right? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't, like, like, why wouldn't it be a license to print money? Okay, but. Which I would love to have in my own life. <laughs> let me, let me point this out though. Let's not pretend that Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home made $18 and then $100. I know. Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man No Way Home already had this franchise making large amounts of money and in an upward trajectory in that money making. Yeah, they did. I know. It's not as if if Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire weren't in Spider-Man No Way Home, like this movie wouldn't have cleared $500 million, right? Of course not. Still, you are right. It, it you have them there but do you think this one little line do you think this indicates anything either way hearing think, andrew garfield say you know where to find us and then they took that out what do you I think i think it, it could go either way one they didn't want to give people false hope that's probably yeah the, maybe that could be the way yeah. the most obvious answer to me would be like yeah we don't want people to go oh they're gonna come back well, that's what we're doing anyway. On the other, yeah, I mean, on the other hand, it's it's like the, the funny thing about this is you're following up this movie. You're following up Spider-Man No Way Home with a movie called The Multiverse of Madness that we knew that we know Patrick Stewart is playing Professor Xavier from the Fox X-Men movies. So talk about dangling false hope. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, even though she passed away recently, Almighty Isis could be in this this Doctor Strange movie. You know, anybody could be in it right now. Like you were saying, your phone's going to be in that movie. Ray, we know Ray's in the movie. Yeah, I'm in there. So, uh, like, <laughs> like, why wouldn't they bring them back? And Sony, as far as Sony has stayed away from Spider-Man, it's like, we're going to do Craven the Hunter. We're going to do, uh, do Venom and Carnage. You know, we're going to do Mor- Morbius. They're doing everything but Spider-Man. Now they have an easy way that they can make a Spider-Man movie on their own that's not going to interfere with the mcu and that's that's gold you think they wouldn't want to do that now i gotta tell you if they could drop ray into the mc right now i already can tell you who he's got to be Master he's got to replace the bus guy in shang chi oh ray would totally <laughs> ray would totally be an awesome bus guy like his one line saying, yeah, I'm not going to drive the bus. Last time I always get in trouble when I try to drive a bus. It's like I could totally see Ray doing that. Do the flip. I don't, Chris, you saw this. Mm-hmm. Look, is this tinfoil hat wearing? Do you do you take <laughs> anything out of Andrew Garfield saying you'll know where to find us? Like, I mean, is that nothing or just a good goodbye line? What do you think? Continuing to just be a beautiful liar. No, he doesn't, Andrew. I, it <laughs> yeah. feels like something he improved and Tom would have just been like, Wait, no, actually, I'm not I'm not quite sure. I, I'm a little fuzzy on the details. Could you? No, bye. Okay, uh, cool. I definitely think that we should have Rob's movie where we get Andrew Garfield back there fighting Venom. And I love this in the chat, Captain Brad Brickley. Think about it. They already set up Garfield by mentioning he hasn't fought an alien. Let's give him the chance to fight an alien. And I think it's a really it's interesting thing to explore, too, of he, he knows that the other two Spider-Men have MJs. If he meets his MJ, and there's this moment of like, do I... Do I have like, is this all predetermined? Am I supposed to meet this person? Am I supposed to have a different experience in this universe than the other Spider-Man? Am I finally meeting? Like, yep. Are all these things just like, even though we're on different uh, multiversal planes, 
are there certain things that are destiny or choice? And that's a really fun thing, I think, to explore with these characters. And I just want what I want, and I want this movie. John, let me have the yeah, thing. Yeah, let's have it, John. I got to get a, ca- a, a shout out to Captain Brad. Captain yeah. Brad Brickley is an actual ship's captain. What? He oh, captains, wow. He captains Western Washington ferries that are 300 feet long. Oh, dude. Oh, that's awesome. cool. All right, in, I mean, in, our, in our chat? Yeah. In our chat. Oh. So, uh, look, I would acknowledge... Number one, I would freak out to find out Andrew Garfield, who is my favorite Spider-Man. Same. Oh, I love the other ones, too. I love the other guys. Oh, he's but such a good a- Peter Parker. Andrew was a great Peter Parker Spider-Man. He was so great. For him to come back, particularly into a franchise that I also really love, the Venom franchise. Now, again, you got to figure out why are they fighting each other? Because they're both good guys but still they would figure that out i i what i hadn't thought of before though is an angle you just brought up as well not only the whole they kind of highlighted that he never got to fight a alien goo monster but this spider-man andrews never got his mj now of course they were supposed to set up his mj with aaron Rodgers's girlfriend uh What's well, a Shailene Woodley? Thank you. She was in. For those of you who don't know, Shailene Woodley was cast as as Mary Jane in the Amazing Spider-Man Two, and they shot scenes with her in it. But they ultimately decided to cut her out of the film and save her for the third one that never did happen. So on screen, technically, he has still not met his MJ. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, there is a lot for Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man still to do. Plus, he went down. A, he says, admittedly, he went down a really dark path. Yes. And it would be interesting to see when you, in terms of a storyline, it's a great, he comes back, that Darth pa- that dark path, he has not, he has not, he doesn't have redemption. So now that he's seen a glimpse of this other universe and he's got brothers out there, maybe he has to confront what he's, what he's done in his past and, and um, make amends for it somehow. That's anyway, a good story. guys, question is for you. What do you make of that little behind-the-scenes cutscene thing with Andrew Garfield Spider-Man saying before they leave the movie, you'll know where to find us, which, again, is completely not true, but he said it, uh, and then the subsequent decision to take it out. Do you think that makes it more possible that we could see one or both of them returning again? Do you still believe, like I have believed, that, now nah, this was their swan song and it was perfect. It was a perfect send-off for both of them. Or maybe you're also like me and thinking maybe the possibility is a little bit higher right now. Whatever you guys are thinking, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. We want to take a moment and thank a sponsor of today's video, Every Plate. Now, Every Plate is America's best value meal kit. There's a lot. Hey guys, we want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's video, Peloton. Now listen, in the never-ending quest to try to stay in shape, one of the keys is to vary up your workout and your exercises to make sure you avoid losing your motivation and keep from getting burnt out from doing the same thing over and over again. Peloton has you covered. I know for me, one of the keys was getting my Peloton tread and using the Peloton app to get my varied workouts in. And Peloton just keeps pushing you forward with new classes, new music, new ways to keep your workouts fun and motivating. One of the newer offerings that has me personally really excited is their boxing classes. Peloton is stepping into the ring with its newest discipline, and you don't even have to have any gloves. Discover a fast, furious, and fun workout with Peloton instructors in your corner. Even if you've never boxed before, these classes will have you working up a sweat while working on the fundamentals of form, footwork, and fun combos that will keep you on your toes. 
Peloton has a workout for every day and every kind of schedule. So guys, right now, visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. That's O-N-E-P-E-L-O-T-O-N.com. And thank you to the good folks at Peloton for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Okay, guys, with that down, let's now move over and start taking your live comments and questions, shall we? Chris, what have people been firing in there to ask? We are kicking things off with seconds from disaster, one of two. Oh, is there not schnip? Is that not first? I've got schnip after. Okay, we'll just go seconds from disaster first. Okay. Um, people are freaking out over the changes to Ms. Marvel's origin and powers. We know that Marvel trailers are misleading, so have we really seen her power? Power origins. I doubt it. It's 2022. Why haven't people learned to just watch the damn show before making judgment? Faggy knows what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, that's... It always... It kills me whenever, whether it's a DC thing or a Marvel thing or whatever, and something happens that isn't the exact way that it happened in one version of the comics and people freak out. And then I feel like we got to go, guys, you do realize this is, you, you do know this is Kevin Feige, right? That number one, he never takes directly from the comic books. He always adapts something, sometimes majorly different, sometimes not so majorly different but he always does and he's always right. It always works. So yeah. And again, people then movie fans as a whole, we all get freaked out over if there's something, listen, I thought the Ms. Marvel trailer was wonderful. Yeah. I thought it was really good. It got me totally invested in it and I'm not a Ms. Marvel guy. I don't read Ms. Marvel. I don't, that's not my favorite character in the least, but that trailer got me on board. So I don't know, Rob, what do you think about when you hear criticisms like well, that? I, look, I think our viewer, I think uh, Seconds from Disaster, is that who said that? Yes. I, absolutely correct. Disaster, I mean, yeah. wh why haven't we learned? Oh, Twilight Boy is going to play Batman. Let's get mad about it. You know, let's get mad. Heath Ledger. Oh, man, that well, he's playing the Joker. There's a bald guy playing the captain of the Enterprise. Come on. Uh, it, I, how, how many years do you have to go back where people complain about things and then they're proved wrong after it comes out and people like it? Yeah. And I mean, we're all guilty of this, too. I I love Umbrella Academy, right? And when season one of that show came out, I was not, I was like, this is different from the comics and here's why it's wrong. Right. And then like I watched season two and went, oh, it all makes sense now. All right, I need to eat some crow and realize that I can change my opinion. A story can be elevated in different ways and yeah, maybe they know what they're doing. It's an adaptation. Yeah. You know, it can't be the boys, arguably a better show yeah. than it is a comic. I think a clockwork orange Kubrick's a clockwork orange might be a better movie than it is a book, mm -hmm. you know, and, and there's, there's arguments that can be made. That's what adaptation is all about. I know I've got friends that are still just angry about Tom Bombadil and, you know, cut out of Lord of the Rings. He doesn't belong or the scouring of the Shire. They didn't do the scouring of the Shire. I'm like, dude, that never would have worked. Never would have worked. If you come back from defeating Sauron and you find out that, that yeah. the Shire has been taken over by Wormtongue and Sauron, that wouldn't have worked, man. All right, what's next? Schnip. Starting a family later this year. Oh, congratulations. Never taken a vacation, wife has. So we're going to Oahu in wow. June. Four hour layover in San Francisco between uh, New Hampshire and Hawaii. Can you recommend anything to do in San Francisco? Yeah, I can. 
uh, I don't live in San Francisco. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I got you, Schnipp. What, what would you do? Okay. So there is a pinball uh, museum that's really fun to go walk through. That's cute. Uh, there's the Boudin uh, Bread Factory where you can go get a bread bowl with chowder in it. I'm lactose intolerant. I will still eat that schniz. It is so good. It's so good. Uh, go to Chinatown and eat anywhere. Um, walk around. Go to City Lights Bookstore and go look at the wonderful quotes there from Jack Kerouac. And he'd go have drinks in the bar next door, which is so amazing. Uh there's so much to do. And there was also a street there where someone just handed me a bag of weed for some reason. <laughs> just, here you I go. was just trying to be nice, right? <laughs> I'm saying, no, 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 no. Th that really happened. I was walking down the street and someone just handed me a. Yeah, we were there for uh, WonderCon? No, 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 it was for the Bengals 49ers. Oh, that's right. That's right. I mean, the only time I've been in San Francisco, other than for WrestleMania, mm -hmm. um, was the only thing I did was I went to Alcatraz. Oh, but okay. I don't think you're going to have time for that with no. just a four-hour no. layover. Or just take an Uber, drop yourself off at Golden Gate Park, and walk out onto the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, and, and take some photographs. Mm -hmm. All right, well, whatever you do, man, have fun, dude. Yeah. All right, what's next? From Aiden Foley, is that what you have next? Or should I, I have I'll go over here. Um, Danito, uh, Brady needs to come back for at least three more seasons so he can have Tom Brady and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Oh, my God. That's so good. Somebody meme that right now. By the way, I mean, I think I already showed it on yesterday, but the, the meme somebody made about Tom Brady, did I show you that? No. With the, okay, Austin, let me see if I can pull this up here on uh, my tweeter. But somebody sent this to me, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is so good. So here it is. Somebody sent this to me. It's, of course, it's got uh, the NFL thinking Tom Brady retired. Why is my phone ringing? Uh, Tom Brady, with the NFL thinking Tom Brady retired, then behind him is the Undertaker, Tom Brady. It's like, <laughs> yes, I, I mean, that, that news that Tom Brady was coming out absolutely made my month. Okay, what's next? Uh, from James Argenta, I would not be surprised if we see Toby in Multiverse of Madness, even if it's just Spider-Man with a mask on all the time, you just hear Toby's voice. Look, at this point, to be honest, I am not going to be surprised by anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, Me by either. anything. Forrest Gump could be in Multiverse of Madness, and I'm not going to blink. And I'm not going to blink. It, uh, at this point, you, literally anything could be. Now, there's still things that are likely or less likely, but I am not, I wouldn't 100% discount anything. Like not a thing. I, I'm with you. I'm you know Forrest Gump's actually paramount, so he'll probably show up in Top Gun Maverick. They'll still find a way. They will still find a way. All right, what's next? From Sam Fisher, I love when comic properties copy or emulate comic covers in their posters, like Ms. Marvel just did with their first poster. Yeah, I, listen. When I was because again, my wife is the one who loves Ms. Marvel, and when they did that final shot where she's sitting on the oh. lamppost looking out and almost cried. Like she loved that moment. Again, to me, I'm just like, I take it that's a shot from the comics. She goes, yes. And then I'm like, okay, that's good. So yeah, that was a really good one. Correction. We did go to WrestleMania. I just remembered. Yes, we did, yeah. And then uh, Daniel Cormier was sitting behind us. I think Kane that's, was that yep. the last. Yep. People went up to you. Yep. Seth, Seth Rollins cashed in the belt to win the money. Or yeah, cashed in the money. It was, in the, money it was, the, it was the big uh, Brock Lesnar versus uh, uh, what's uh, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. And that is the one where Seth Rollins came that was out, a great WrestleMania cashed actually. in his ca money in the bank. Yeah. It was a really good because that we also had Sting versus Triple H, and he Triple H came out with like Terminator sort of thing going on. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, with yeah, the whole that was thing, crazy. And, and it was Rusev versus John Cena, The Rock and Ronda Rousey. Oh, I 
forgot about that, that one. That yeah. little thing. That was a great WrestleMania. That was it was a really good WrestleMania. Yeah, we had a good time good. with that. All right. Wow. <laughs> What's next? Aiden Foley. I got talked into watching Baywatch yesterday because I'm an idiot. Oh my god. <laughs> this film is about as funny as a doctor telling you that you have cancer and proceeding to laugh at you for it. I'll tell you Ooh. what, I was so excited for this movie. Because I really like Zach Efron and I love Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And who doesn't like um um uh Daddario. Yeah, Alexandra Daddario. Yeah. And so super pumped for it. I thought the trailers were funny and head off to Paramount lot to go watch it. And me and Harloff end up sitting together to watch it. And then coming in right beside us, like we're I was in an aisle seat, and right across the aisle was a couple empty seats. And a buddy of ours who was now a rep for Paramount, he was now a Paramount publicist, came as, hey, guys, we talked to him for a minute, and he sat down right across from us. If it was not for the fact that our buddy, the Paramount publicist, was sitting right beside us, I would have gotten up and walked out of that movie. It was that bad. And I've only ever walked out of like four movies in my life, maybe five. But that would have been number six. That's how... Utterly wow. unfunny and terrible that movie was. Such a wasted opportunities with all the great talent. I mean, it's Baywatch. It's right for spoof comedy in there, but Baywatch kind of already was a spoof. We're not going to go there. <laughs> We're not going to go there. But do you remember they did? They even did a supernatural Baywatch. They did Baywatch Nights. What? Oh yeah. No, no, yeah, no. For those of you, who oh know, yeah, yeah, yeah. What this, is this? There's a yeah. real thing. Yeah. It's called Baywatch Nights. It was a series, a spinoff series. Where Googling it's now this. like kind of people who guard the beach, but in the evening. Totally real. But like vampires <laughs> and things like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. No, oh, yeah. Whatever. I'm so excited. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. Like 95 to 97. I almost said Kim Kardashian, but it wasn't Kim Kardashian. Uh, uh, Pamela Anderson. So, so I don't think Pamela Anderson was part of that one. But I think David Hasselhoff was. I think I think he was involved in it. But I, I mean, obviously, I never watched this, but yeah, it was a real thing and it ran. And if you For two seasons, yeah, I think now with an end credit song by the Hoff. Oh, my God. How have I not seen this? I see. I think we look, look at, look at that face. We are here to bring joy to the world. By Chris Carr just found her new favorite about. TV show. I'm so excited, you guys. It's going to be so dumb. She just found her new favorite TV show. We need a documentary on the whole Baywatch universe. Well, just how great. that all like the the fandom at that time or whatever it was the biggest show in the world yep. this is incredible it was the biggest show in the world like the number one show worldwide does anybody know what show knocked it out of first place that knocked that knocked baywatch off as the number one show in the world it's tough burn notice no, that's that's actually pretty cool. I yes. just said whatever I remembered at the time. But as soon as I say, you're all going to go ah, right, right, right. Hercules, the legendary adventure, oh, okay. the, the Kevin Sorbo oh. Hercules. Ah, you're right. Kevin Sorbo tells this great story. Kevin Sorbo, who by the way was in Bitch Slap with Aaron Cummings, um, but he tells this great story about how he was on a plane, and David Hasselhoff ended up sitting beside him. And he said, we were sitting there, which he said, Hasselhoff's such a great guy, blah, blah, blah. But he said, Hasselhoff leaned over to me at one point. He goes, you know, you guys knocked us out of the number one spot worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, good I mean, if you're going to get knocked out, you, you got to get, get knocked out by Hercules. Kevin Sor Sorbo. Yeah, yeah you, you know. might as well get knocked out by him. All right. What's next? Um, From Sam Fisher, one of two. I'm, or, do we do the Aiden's? 
Yeah, we did. Yeah, okay. Um, Sam Fisher, I'm wondering how and why Kamala is a fan of Captain Marvel, because it's not like Carol was saving people on Earth like the Avengers. Uh, and it's not like Kamala was around in the 90s. But it is the way that it is in the comic books, though, right? And listen, we don't know what happens in the movies in between the movies. Like, what happens after the events of Infinity War and Endgame? Right? Like, so for all we know... Um, she did help defeat Thanos, after all. Yeah, she did help defeat Thanos. I mean, I'm a huge fan end. of the doors, but Jim Morrison was already dead before I even had a record player. Yeah, I mean, so there's a lot of stuff that happens that can happen in between that we don't know about. So, yeah. Well, and again, I, these are all simple, simple questions that will be answered very simply probably once the show begins. All right, what's next? From Irene Jobson. Oh, wait, wait. A second, where did I go? There we are. Okay. No, no, no. That, I went out in the right place. There we are. Wiley. Okay, Wiley Todd. I'm finally back to the show. I've been attending South by Southwest. Saw and still seeing great films. Look out for Tony Hawk Doc on HBO Max. Didn't oh. he just mess himself up? Didn't he just like bust his tibia or something like that, Tony know. Hawk? Anyway, all I know, I've been to the South by Southwest Festival a couple times. It's a great festival, uh, but I've been following it through uh, vicariously through our friend Scott Mance, who has been like the official South by Southwest uh, red carpet interviewer, interviewing everybody. So it's like, oh my gosh, he's talking like everybody else down there. The one that played there that I'm really looking forward to seeing, I can't believe I'm going to say it, but it's that Sandra Bullock Channing Tatum movie. I don't even remember the name of it. Romancing the Stone Three. Yeah, that's kind of what it looks like, right? <laughs> I'm I'm very excited to see that movie. I I cannot wait. That's it looks the one. Delightful. Yeah, it looks really it does fun. Look good. And I already bought our tickets for it, so you know I'll be going to see it. All right, what's next? All right, from second. Oh no, we've already done seconds from disaster. So Jay Bling, Lord Miller's uh, first Twenty One Jump Street movie turns ten today. Oh my God! I don't think I've seen a comedy since the Jump Street movies came out that I've enjoyed as much as those movies. Uh, listen. Again, a set of <laughs> movies that I thought was a dumb idea. Um, and these movies are gold. Oh They're gosh. really good. Absolute gold. So good. And I'll often talk about like my top 10 moments that had me laugh the hardest ever in movie history. And, and the number one for me is, is always Spaceballs. Now you'll see Lone Star that evil will always triumph because good is dumb. That only Rick Moranis can deliver that line. But probably in the top five is 22 jump street <laughs> as they're sitting in the captain's office <laughs> you ray knows what i'm going with here when jonah hill and uh channing tatum are sitting in ice cube's office and because it turns out jonah hill is dating ice cube's daughter and finally Channing Tatum puts two and two together and you, they just have the sound effect go off. The, the little ding go off. So that ding goes like this. He starts for, like, I, I, I thought it was going to pass out from not being able to inhale. Cause I'm like laughing so hard. Like all the oxygen is departing my body and I, and I'm laughing so hard. I can't stop laughing enough to inhale and breathe in. It is absolutely one of the funniest things. These two movies are gold. Absolutely, and the first the the movie series, the first place I took notice of Allison um, or of um, not Allison Brie, um, Brie, Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Uh, well, Brie Larson was in that in that first. I can't believe that thing's turning ten years old, though. Oh my goodness, it's so good. All right, what's next? From Irene Jobson. 
Uh, no, J oh, wait, no, J Master. Hey, John and Rob, have you heard the big sports news? Monday Night Football is about to become very interesting because ESPN has landed Bo uh, Booth to play uh, Fox Sports broadcasters Joe Buck and Troy Ackman on a huge uh, five-year deal. Joe Buck's wife took to Instagram to confirm the news as she herself is an ESPN reporter. Yeah, I, I did hear about that. Now, obviously, if you're not into football or sports all that much, this doesn't sound tremendously interesting. But, I mean, look, my favorite combo right now is um, why am I freezing on the former Dallas Cowboys? Not not Troy Aikman, the other former Dallas. I was going to say. The other former Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Uh, Ray, who am I? Uh, uh, Romo. Romo, yeah. Romo is great. When I first heard he was going to be a broadcaster, I thought this is going to be a disaster. But he is a wonderfully fun, insightful, eerily correct broadcaster. Well, like, he knows what he's talking about. He, but but so does so does everybody else. But I mean, like he'll sit there and call plays. All right, look for them now to do blah 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 blah. Sure enough, that's exactly what they're doing. Now what you're going to see happen is they're going to do this. It's like so he's really fun on the show. He does he makes a rarely entertaining broadcast. But man, can he read. Can he read defenses and offenses? It's kind of crazy. But Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are a very good duo. So I think this is going to be good for Monday Night Football. I'd like to see them get a little more personality in there because Aikman and Joe Buck are not. They're a little, yeah. They're not high on personality, but they're very insightful. They know their stuff. But I think it'll be an interesting move. All right, what's next? All right. Uh, from Irene Jobson. Watch The Adam Project. Was glad to have a movie that didn't make me cry, but left me feeling good. Oh, and cried a little bit at I the cried. end of that. Did you cry a little bit at the end of yeah. that one, too? Yeah, but it is. It's a good. I mean, I don't love, love, love Adam Project the way I love, love, love Free Guy, but it's really quite good. And I'm excited to see Ryan Reynolds and uh, Sean Levy work together again on Deadpool 3. All right. What's next? MP, have you seen? When you have a goal, you may hear a voice in your head that says you're not good enough. When someone like Tom Brady starts to transcend, you may hear those voices manifest in real people. Keep going. Yeah, I mean, look, there, I remember one of my funniest things. Do you guys ever read The Onion? Yeah. yeah. I love The Onion. I actually have this big collection of called Our Dumb Century. Yeah. That's a fake, all their news headlines from 1900 to the year 2000. And they're hilarious. But I remember once re I came across this article in The Onion. It says... Tom Brady putting out a biography highlighting the highs and highs of being Tom Brady. <laughs> it's just, it's it's good to be him. It's really good to be him. Thanks for having that in MP. All right, what's next? From Matt, after watching Movie Club, I totally agree that I would want another Django project just to see the character again. I mean, look, we, were, we, we did Movie uh, Club yesterday. And one of the things we talked about on it was that somebody wrote in and said, man, I could watch a spinoff movie of these two characters. And then I said, Here's the reality. I could watch a spinoff movie of any combination of any two characters in that movie. Mm -hmm. I could watch an entire movie of Django and uh, I was almost called him, Sam it's not Samuel, but Samuel Jackson's character's name again. Um, Stephen. Stephen. I could watch those two talking at each other in a room, not to each other, but at each other in a room for two hours, no problem. I could totally watch a movie of Stephen and Calvin Candy, the Leonardo DiCaprio character. I could watch two hours of them talking and going back and forth. That, that movie is so good. It's so good. It's profound. It's deep. It's moving. It's disturbing. It's all, it's everything like a, a, and Tarantino, a experience should be. He only made one movie. Hateful Eight is the only movie he's made since Django, isn't it? What's uh, about a time in Hollywood? Oh, yeah. and that too, right. Yeah. But I meant between the two. 
And then that, he says he's, he's only going to do one more, which I don't believe at all. I don't believe that at all. No. But, yeah. I mean, he's only made three movies in 10 years. That's well, it not, takes a while to make one. That's not a lot of an output. I mean. <laughs> all right. What's next? From Matt, after watch. Oh. Uh, from Danito, sorry. Do y'all remember your reaction to I Am Your Father? I was too young. I, I So I don't remember that, no, I am your father. You want me to tell you something terrible? Sure. I read the novelization before I saw the movie. No, really? Wow. I didn't even realize they put the novelization out before the movie came out. That's interesting. And it was funny because I read the novelization like the day before. And I was so angry, you know, and I was like, is this true? Like, you know, yeah. and you couldn't talk to anybody about it. And then I went and saw I went and saw the Empire Strikes Back as part of the Seattle International Film Festival screening at nine in the morning because I couldn't get into the 12 o'clock screen because my parents were like, you're 13. You're not going to a 12 o'clock movie on a school night. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? So I read the novelization instead just to spite my parents, which is <laughs> dumb. And showed them, Rob. You showed I them. But I will say this. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, you know, I, lost I was my reading tiny it. kid mind. My dad showed me that movie. I was like, "What? How dare? How dare?" And then later on, when it was like, "And Leia's his sister," I was like, "Whoa, we got to talk about a lot of things now." Yeah, now now there's like therapy. I have yeah, a lot the, of the questions. thing is now when you watch them in order, all that's ruined. Mm -hmm. All it's too bad. All right, what's next? Uh, Mikey's sending in a ten dollars super chat just to support. Thank, so you, thank Mikey. you, Mikey. Um, and then Mickey Bell, Aaron, you appear who's not here. Yeah. You appeared at the BAFTAs this weekend. Your scene with Will was the clip used, but the Best Actor nominees' names were read out loud, and Will won. Yeah, so like some is people that might true? be. Yeah, so people, some people might be wondering, wait, isn't Aaron usually here on Wednesdays? Yes. However, being the you know working actress that she is, mm -hmm. being very uh, in demand, is being in demand right now. She is on set as we speak right now, shooting that TV show SWAT. SWAT. Uh, so she's going to be there this week and next week, or was it last week and this week? Last week and this week. Last, last week yeah. and this she's week. Okay. Filming so. close-ish, so she said that if she can, she'll try to swing by. Yeah, but... she might come in on Friday. Yeah. Because I think they're yeah they're shooting only about a half hour from here on Friday, mm -hmm. so she might be able to come in and do it the show on Friday. But that's why Aaron's not here today. Yeah. All right, what's next? All right, from Daniel Dang. Which film had the most hype leading up to its release? I was thinking The Phantom Menace, The Force Awakens, or Avengers Infinity War or Endgame. If you are under 35, you might think it's Infinity War. If you're over 35 and you were around for both, you know it was The Phantom Menace. Oh, dude. I mean, like, I, I know people who are too young to remember this. This will sound silly to say, but it's not even close. Like, what Phantom, the, the return of Star Wars at that time, it was, it shook all of culture, all of pop culture. Like, and we talk about it in my movie, Movie Trailers, A Love Story. Where can we watch that, John? You can get that on Amazon, as oh a matter of fact, gosh, Chris. So Just convenient. go on to Amazon, search for Movie Trailers, A Love Story, and go get that today. But we do an entire chapter about the fact that The Phantom Menace was the most important movie trailer ever made because it did something that had never been done before and, and will never happen again. Because that was an age like where there was no YouTube and things like that. It was a, an amazing phenomenon that had never been seen before. The trailer for Phantom Menace came out and millions and millions 
of people bought tickets to meet Joe Black, walked in, watched the Phantom Menace trailer, and left and bought tickets for the next screening of Meet Joe Black, returned to the theater, went in, sat down, watched the Phantom Menace trailer, and left. Dude. It changed everything. I went to Westwood to see The Siege, which was a Fox movie. In line was Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, my gosh. And we were all, everyone in Westwood were all, and Daniel Alter, it was, he, they made a documentary about this. He was first in line to see the trailer, had been camping out there for weeks. And we all went in, saw the siege, but then you saw the Phantom Menace trailer. And I had never paid for a movie before that I'd already seen just to see a trailer. And listen, there was the internet. But you got to understand the internet at that time, if you were rocking like a 14.4 baud modem mm -hmm. or you know, a 28.8 or if you were really lucky, the 56, you were literally tying up your phone lines. Rob, you mentioned this in, in the documentary. <laughs> You were, it was to watch it on your computer. You were yeah. going to tie up your phone lines for three to four and a half hours just to download the trailer. Oh, sometimes overnight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like overnight. you couldn't, yeah. like during the day, you couldn't do that because you, you'd have to wait till overnight to download it. I mean, it was insane. And that was if it worked. Yeah. I mean, it was, was 1999. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> we're it was operating with a lot here. And like, I had never seen a Star Wars movie on a big screen. Like I begged my parents to take me to this because I was just like, I have to see it. This is gonna change my life. And, and that and trailer when they when they when the the Gungans, they're like coming out of the mist. Coming out of the first of all, can we just talk about how great that trailer? Oh, actually it's, I is. still think it's the greatest trailer of all time. It's a really terrible, terrible movie, but it's greatest movie of all time. I, the greatest I trailer mean, of all time. When it cut to the Star Wars theme, and you're in the middle of the pod race. Come on. Oh God. I even though I don't like the movie, I still love the pod race. I still think the pod race is awesome, but like, oh my God, that trailer, it just, but just, just, it just shook everybody's world when that trailer came out at any rate. All right, let's keep going. What's next? Great video game too. All pod right. racer. From Ruinous Inadequacies. What a, what a great, great name. name. <laughs> Hi, John. Will Doctor Strange's spell also make Vulture the only link between Sony and MCU movies forget who Spider-Man was? Because he knew by the end of Homecoming, unlike the rest, learn, uh, learning it at the end of Far From Home, Love from India. That's a very good question. I mean, look, let's let's be honest. As great as we all love Spider-Man No Way Home here. We all love it. Okay. So it's a safe space. It has some logic problems. <laughs> no Way Home has some logic problems to it. But I, that is a very interesting question because, first of all, let's be clear. We don't know that Michael Keaton is Vulture in Morbius. I mean, we're all... I'm assuming that. I think most of us are assuming that. But let's be clear... We don't know that he's playing. What's Vulture's real name again? I can't remember the character's real name, but uh, uh, Vulture. But Tombs. To, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. We don't know that that's who he's playing. And he could be playing a Vulture that's not been uncovered yet because it's a different universe. But even then, remember that the spell's supposed to transcend all the universes, right? Because by the universe, the thing was bringing in people from other universes who knew he was Peter Parker. So whatever this spell is now had to shut that all off. Right. So but, it'll but, be what I, but, but what I mean is in the universe that Morbius is taking place in, that tombs could be in that, you know, right. it has no connection at all to our universe. But will that guy know? And and we simply don't know yet. So that's a very good question, man. We will find, I'm going to guess that the answer is no, 
that this vulture won't know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man? That's going to be my guess, but we'll find out. I don't know. That's an excellent question, Ruinus. All right, what's next? All right, from Andy. A uh, Mangelano Deathstroke Hot Toys would be cool. Oh, they, they don't, don't have, have one? one? They have a, <laughs> well, they have an Arkham uh, version of it. It's great, too, but it, it's, not, it's not a Zack Snyder's Justice League hot toy. All right. I'm going to bring up this screen for you guys to answer the next three questions because I need to step out for a moment, but I'll be back. You guys, take it away, Chris. Okay, yay! Jay Woods. John, Ty West's new horror movie X comes out Friday, and with only 30 reviews, it's still 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Any can't thoughts? Wait. I can't wait for this movie. <sighs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a Ty West fan, things mm -hmm. like House of the Devil, but this film, have you seen the trailer for it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Come on. It looks great, but also, you have to remember that I'm a huge wimp. Oh, yeah. So, well, like, it, I have to have, like, you see it first, and then you can yeah, tell so me. I, I, I want to see the hardcore. This looks like it's it's definitely hardcore, yeah, harder edge horror, it's going to be which, is, which is my jam. I'm in. Count me in. Uh, it's obviously the notices it's been getting out of South By. Uh, yeah. I'm excited. Very excited to see this movie. Right, I, I, it looks like really it's bringing stuff. the filthy and the blood. It's just it's the letter well. X? Yeah, just the letter oh, okay. X. It yeah. looks wild. It, I can't but wait. Those great trailer. Those horror movies, they're doing really, really great stuff. Um, Sam Fisher... I just saw Aaron Moriarty, uh, Moriarty and Jack Quaid in a music video for Creedence Clearwater's revivals. Have you ever seen the rain from before the boys aired? Wow. Oh. I, I did not know that. I didn't know they were in that together. That's, I wonder if that was part of their casting. Could be. Thing. Maybe they like, had. You know who has great chemistry? Those two. Um, uh, you know, I do like them in the show together. They're I, adorable. I, they're a good couple. I, I think like, they work really, really well together. I uh, really loved her after um, Jessica Jones. Just that real brief role of hers in there. I yep. thought she was so wonderful. And she's crushing she's it great. in the voice. She and has a great social cool. media presence. Oh, really? Follow I, her on Instagram. Okay, I need to. Are we ready to move on? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm in a band 23. Oh, you're in a band? That's cool. Um, John, five seconds, uh, five second hug from Jennifer Garner or 10 second hug from Eagly. Oh, 10 second hug from Eagly. Yeah. Because that's magic. But, you know, this is this just loose you. But then, I don't know. Five second hug from Jennifer Garner would be pretty good, too. No, nah, that would just leave a void in your life. You're like, it, uh, it would. It would leave a void. All right, what's next? Uh, from Film Code Podcast, loving winning time so far, but was wondering why were there so many fourth wall breaks? Then I remembered Adam McKay. He does like using utilizing that style, like even from what was the one with um, Christian Bale and Steve Carell, The Big Short. The Big Short. That's one of the greatest it. movies ever made. Yeah, like he. That's where I re he really started taking advantage of that style. But it's a great way to tell the narration. It gives you an opportunity to give some real character to the characters. Um, now I haven't still have not seen the second episode it's of good. Time yet. I keep hearing it's great. I love the first episode though. I, I dude, I'm loving it so much. Ray, uh, have you watched winning time yet? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you have. Okay. Uh, did yeah. you see episode two? I, I didn't see the last one. Okay. Yeah. So I haven't either, but I'm really looking forward to that. I just can't believe it's what Gabby Hoffman, the girl from sleepless in Seattle is all grown up and one of the main oh. characters in the show. She's great. She's great. All right. What's next? All right, from Andy, I want Tyler Hawkins Superman to appear before Pattinson's Batman and tell him the world doesn't need me as a symbol of hope if it has you. Uh, don't don't even get me going on the way that CW defiled Superman. Okay, don't even get me started, Andy. All right, what's next? Uh, Andy, one of two. If the boys play Carry On Wayward Son when Soldier Boy shows up, that would be awesome. But I'd. I'd also end up crying because of its use in Supernatural series. 
um, finale and Supernatural's unofficial theme song. Well, I mean, that's the whole point yeah. of it, though, right? Like, the, when somebody brings up, somebody brought up on the show yesterday, what if they played Carry On My Wayward Son when Soldier Boy shows up? I mean, that's why it would be so poetic and beautiful and wonderful. It's like, like every time you knew you were at the season finale, you knew when you started watching an episode of Supernatural, you knew you were at the season finale if they started off with Carry On My Wayward Son. One of the greatest so traditions far. in television ever, by the way. I don't know if, if you knew this, but like the they started right at season one that the season finale, you know, every show starts with a previously on whatever. Yeah. They would start with the road till so now. Or what's that? The, the road, road so, so far. far. These words are going to hear the, the road so far. And instead of a previously on the last episode, they would kind of highlight in 30 seconds what the season has been, but it would always play Carry On My Wayward Son. And only on the series season finales, only at the season finales, the road so far, carry on my wayward son. And so when you got to the series finale and that played, I, I got kind of emotional. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that, so for me now, that song is forever connected to that show and to these guys. And that's why I would love to see that. Happen. Would that break the fourth sandwich. wall though, if they did it? I mean, they could do it on the boys. I mean, with the, the boys is a show that could get away with it, yeah. like completely. But uh, I, just, I don't think they'll do it. I don't think. I just do. love that we get to see Soldier Boy because one of my favorite scenes in any TV show of the last ten years is the scene when Giancarlo Esposito is taught when Homelander comes into his office. Oh, yeah, how he's so not impressed and, by him. And he, yeah, and and how he, that's when he talks about you know Soldier Boy and and the, the creation during World War II. I love that scene. I could watch Giancarlo Esposito do anything. Oh, yeah. Gus Fring, do this, be in The Mandalorian. He should just be everywhere all the time. He's so good. So good. And I got to, actually, hold on a second. Let me see if I can, I'm not sure I can find this, but let me see if I can. Um, you know what? Let me get back to you on that. What What is next? All right, from Walid. Uh, you think the quality of movies dropped the last 20 years? No. I no, I, so. I really, really don't. Uh, I think the art, like, it's, it's like any art or um practice or whatever it, it is something that gets better people learn from those who come before them there are some things that we lose and some things that we gain but no i do not think movies have lost quality over 20 years all right what is next pablo zuniga uh john as someone who does production full-time i must ask why switch from sony to black magic you'd be getting a smaller sensor and losing autofocus which you guys use when showing things to camera great image quality though uh, I think there's a couple of main reasons. The the first main reason is that with the Black Magics, there is no issue with continuously running it. The, the Black Magic cameras almost run like camcorders in a way. It's funny because I was just talking to Rob this morning that I'm thinking about swapping out my Sony cameras for camcorders, um, specifically because they are built to run long, long, long periods of time. Mirrorless cameras and DSLRs are not. And that is why on these cameras, I have, I literally have, I, I don't think I have a way to show you right now, but I literally have a fan, a, a USB fan that's about this big, clipped onto the back of the tripod, pointed at the camera, constantly cooling the camera. Because you've seen what happens when we don't turn those fans on. The cameras will shut down after a while. Um, so that is kind of a big deal and kind of a big thing. So the Black Magics, I, I did a lot of research on them, and they don't seem to have these overheating problems or anything like that. 
their codex and their their codex are very 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 good. So that's why I've been kind of thinking about maybe switching to black magic. I haven't made that decision. Haven't made that decision. Just something I've been thinking about. It's a good question though. Yeah, it's an excellent question. I love that you asked it. Mm -hmm. All right, what's next? All right, from Mikey. Notice that the Netflix and Agents of Shield shows are in the Marvel section, but not in the MCU section on Disney Plus. Is that a real thing? Wow. Well, I'm not surprised. Wait a second. Well, well, is well. okay. First of all, forgive me for asking a dumb question, but are there? I'm not sure. Is there an MCU section? Yeah, I think there is an MCU section. Okay. They probably opened up a new section with just Marvel. So when you go into the Marvel section, are you talking like, is it like YouTube where there's different playlists and uh, there's an MCU playlist? Is that what we're talking about? I, I can't tell you for sure, so I'm not going to speak. But I remember the last time I uh, went on to Disney Plus, there was a specific MCU section. Logan, watch this right now. Take this off and go check and then text me. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's a good thing to do. All right, thanks for bringing that up, man. All right, what's next? Um. Uh, from Abel Leon. Hello, John and crew. Hope you are having a great day. The great rant about Adam Aaron. Uh, Adam Aaron is one to remember. But my question is, how will this affect A-List? Putting my conspiracy hat here, but this was one of two. Um, oh, there we go. Uh, but this was them creating a problem to something they have a solution for, aka A-List. Doubt it since they don't promote it outside the theater. Have a great day. I don't know how it's going to affect A-list. Like, theoretically speaking, the way A-list works is you, like, with the way MoviePass used to work, you could use MoviePass at a theater, but it didn't include 3D screenings. It didn't include the premium screenings like IMAX or Dolby Atmos. The thing about A-list is it counts for everything. You can come see a movie in one of the regular movie theaters. You can come and watch a movie in the IMAX. You can one, come watch a movie in the Dolby Prime. It doesn't matter at all. It's all covered. So theoretically speaking, even with them wanting to experiment with increasing prices for, for popular movies, uh, which is idiotic, but even if they do that, theoretically speaking, it shouldn't affect A-list. If anything, they're just going to figure out ways to have excuses to raise the price for A-list, but I don't think theoretically it'll affect A-list all that much. All right. What's next? Oh, um, they're saying that it's under the Defender Saga. There's a... There's a, so there's a totally separate thing from the MCU just oh, called okay. the Defender Saga. Yeah, Marvel series and specials, and underneath that, there's the Defender Saga, which is... Interesting that they have that separated like out that, that way. Yeah, I'll buy I that. too. All right, what's next? All right, from... Oh, wait a second. I gotta get back to where we were. Uh, and we already did Oh, yeah, Andy, we already did so... Andy, so... Dave Chappelle... I know it gets hated on, but I have fun with the love guru, and it's great seeing Mike Myers back. The film world is better with him in it. The film world is absolutely better with him in it, but make no mistake, that movie's not good. It's terrible. Yeah, oh it's objectively terrible. It, it's not a good film, but I mean, if you like it, man, that's awesome. It, we do need more Mike Myers that in was the, the That was the last taste of Mike Myers I got, and that was the first movie I walked out and was like just super mad for some reason. Everyone... I watched it with was so mad too yeah because we expected better it chased him out of movies i mean he literally mike myers retreated away from the movie business because of that film it's really too bad because we need him we need him all right what's next all right from raymond with the casting of paul wesley as james kirk i would like to predict with a generous helping of fan service a dash of time travel mixed in a bowl of manscape and the multiverse <laughs> star trek the three kirks i mean theoretically speaking you could do that you, there are, there would be, you got three of them now, so why not? The Shat is about to turn 91. Get Shat, Pine, and... But uh, in universe, he's dead. 
Oh, that's right. But that, it's Star Trek. You can time but dimensional warp permadead? shift. Tachyon no emissions. Stop being a little shat, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. His birthday is going to be 91 next week. Yep, it's going to be 91. On the 22nd of March. All right, guys, listen, we're going to keep going with your questions here. But before we do, let's hear from another sponsor of today's episode of The John Campia Show. Guys, we want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video, Policy Genius. Life insurance can give you peace of mind that if something happens to you, your loved ones would have a financial cushion for rent or mortgage payments, loans, education costs, and everyday expenses. Policy Genius is your one-stop shop to find and buy the insurance that you need. You can click in the description or head to policygenius.com slash campia and answer a few questions. In just a few minutes, you can compare personalized quotes from top companies to find your lowest price. You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius because the team of licensed experts at Policy Genius will help you understand your options and apply for the policy that you choose. The Policy Genius team works for you, not for the insurance companies. You can trust them to offer unbiased help and advocate for you at every step until you're covered. And to make things even better, Policy Genius doesn't add on extra fees, they don't sell your info to third parties, and Policy Genius has thousands of five-star reviews across Google and Trustpilot. So right now, head to policygenius.com campia to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. And thank you to Policy Genius for sponsoring this episode of The John Campia Show. All right, let's keep going with your questions, guys. Chris, what's next? All right, from Ron W357. Hey, John and crew. Ooh, he's sending like a $20 super chat. Thank you, man. Question since Discovery announced the merger of HBO Max and Discovery Plus. Websites were on the way. Would it be better to hold off on getting a year sub to HBO Max? Thanks. I would definitely say yes, because we have no idea right now whether they're going to honor that sub or not. Like somebody wrote that in yesterday to ask, hey, I already bought a year-long subscription at this reduced price, is that going to get grandfathered into the new service? And honestly, I don't know. They might, but they don't have to, and they very well may not. But um, I would hold off, Ron W., on any like annual service pass or anything until we get a better picture about what the service is going to look like and how much it's going to cost. But that's a great question to ask, Ron. And thank you so much for supporting us on that level, dude. We appreciate that. All right, what's next? Film Code Podcast. Who do you have winning March Madness? Basketball team. I don't follow. I, <laughs> I, I do not follow. I, I don't follow the yeah. college basketball. I don't follow it at all. I mean, once you get down to like the 32 and the Sweet 16, I'll start watching it just because it's very entertaining. Duke. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's. I was about to say that. If I got to pick a or name Gonzaga, out of Gonzaga. I was going to, those are the two I was going to say. If I got to pick out any two names, Duke and Gonzaga. That's it. Those are the only two I can think of. Or all Gonzaga. Right. What's Gonzaga? That? From Abel Leone, but uh, was this them? Oh, no, we already read that one. Right. Sorry. Kevin Peterson, can you do anything Mel Brooks for Movie Club? <sighs> no. I mean, the, the reality is this. We could do one, like even one of my, my all-time favorite Mel Brooks film is Spaceballs. But nobody's going to watch it. We won't get anybody watching it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the the sad part about that. So sadly, I'm probably not. There's there's a number of films I'd like to do for Movie Club, but I simply know we wouldn't get anybody Dude, watching Dude, you know what my suggestion is for next week? We haven't called it. I texted you. Yeah, well, don't mention it yet, because we may, we may still, we may do that. We 50, might do that. Well, no one say it. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, from the man with the master plan. Never been a fan of Ms. Marvel, especially after her portrayal in the Avengers game. Oh, I loved her in that. But this shows her to be an adorable, cute, and being a teen. Uh, I, I didn't play the game myself. I heard good things it's about fun. the game. It's yeah, fun. She's charming as heck in it. Huh. 
But hey, I mean, to each their own. Yeah, I mean, that is true to each their own. Okay, what's next? Jay Bling, funny how someone mentioned the Baywatch movie before me considering it was supposed to be like the Jump Street movies. Yet it's like the people in charge didn't even bother to watch those movies. But, you know, look, it no. It, the Here's the problem. It's not that the reason Jump Street worked was because they had a better understanding of the Jump Street TV series. No, it worked because it was funny. Right. And that's it. When it comes to comedies, you don't have to get anything right. As long as you make the audience laugh, that's it. That is the be-all, end-all. Because I'll tell you what, like the funniest moment in any Jump Street movie, that whole Channing Tatum with ding and really what's going on, that had nothing to do with 21 Jump Street I also series, feel, you know? too, that it was at war with itself. Like, they couldn't decide what kind of a movie that Baywatch movie was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. It's just, oh, it's so unfortunate because it could have been so good with that cast. All right, what's next? From Jay Bling. Funny how, oh, oh no, no, we just, just said that. One. Mega Movie Z, Happy Daredevil on Disney Plus Day. Yay! Yeah, I mean, again, I, somebody asked me, well, John, why are you making a big deal? At, because I've, Daredevil's been available on our TVs yeah. the whole time. It's, none of you don't have Netflix. So, I mean, it's it's been there. It's not like, oh, we've been without Daredevil for so long. And no, no, no it's it's always been there. So it's I just, mean, now instead of clicking on this button, I click on that button, but it's the same thing. I'm going to celebrate by having a really drawn out fight in a hallway though. So oh, yeah. I kick so <laughs> to much commemorate ass today. Daredevil. Yeah. All right, what's next? From Mickey Bell again. Realized Aaron isn't there, but please let her know. <laughs> we will <laughs> let her know, Mickey, no problem. All right, what's next? Out of time, 1985. So I got a friend who has disassociative identity disorder and they don't like how the trailers for Moon Knight are portraying it. It definitely, uh, I definitely feel for her. What can I say to help her feel better? Look, I don't have it either. So I'm in no place to give any advice about how somebody who is in that situation should or should not feel. The one thing I would say is this. There is nobody on this planet that we know of who is a combination of having that disorder and has superpowers and is being semi-possessed, semi-haunted by an ancient Egyptian god. Yeah, I was going to so, ask to send, send me pictures of her in her Moon Knight outfit. Yeah, I mean, so, that was a, what I would say is the betrayal, number one, I would say, don't get too, and I say this to everybody about everything, don't get too worked about how anything is ever shown in a trailer. Until you see how it's actually in context in the show, don't worry about how something looks in a trailer because we just don't know. Also, they did have consultants. They did. You know, yes, they, they, they did a did lot have of consultants research on yeah. it. And, and, you know, when they do something like this, even though it's in a fictionalized context, it maybe shines a light onto real disassociative identity mm -hmm. disorder that there wasn't before. So I think that, people weren't even talking about that and now they're seeing it and they're learning about it I, we talked about children of a lesser god with william hurt dying i remember when that movie came out there was a lot more education about what it meant to be deaf you know people yeah. were, were were learning how to to sign and als uh or a asl became much more uh, available and people understood it so even though it's a fictionalized thing it could in the long run be helpful for sure and just to say real quick too you're asking what you should say to your friend maybe you just need to listen to your friend a little bit about why they're having a lot of concerns about this with their own you know mental illness um because you know it's not our job to say what is or is not ableist it's somebody who is dealing with these things job to tell us what they need from us in those situations so just be a really good friend and keep listening to them yeah and 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 then i would say if she presses you on it just say well this is a guy who's facing something nobody on in the real in real life on the planet has ever actually dealt with. So what their reaction to it would be and how they would act is all fictional. 
it's all pretend. It's all it's all fictional. We just simply don't know. All right, what's next? All right, from John Redcorn, over under thirty percent cable and domino appear in Deadpool three. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say hundred percent because it's not hundred percent, but I will definitely go over thirty. Well over thirty. Oh, yeah. I think it's very likely that they show up in this. Like very likely. All right, what's next? All right, from Rimmer Bulldog. I feel like people are sleeping on Morbius because because it keeps getting delayed. I think it's gonna be a really good movie. You and me both, Rimmer. I, I think the trailers have been great. The clips they've shown, I think, have looked really good. Yep. You've got a world-class actor in it. I think this is going to be... Now, it may be terrible. It might be terrible. But I, honestly, I'm going into this thing with a lot of optimism. I think it's going to be really fun. Agreed. Chris agrees, too. No, she does not. No. <laughs> it's on, now. I'm going to go see it, and maybe it'll just be a movie. Here's hoping. Fingers, fingers crossed. All right, what's next? Uh, Lucky BX. Hey, a couple of weeks back, I thought you guys said the Adam Project was a sequel to Thirteen Going on Thirty. I watched Thirteen before Adam for nothing. <laughs> I, no, no, we were joking. Of course, we were joking because you had Mark Ruffalo and um, Jennifer Garner. and Jennifer Garner together again, married couple. So like years later, after the events of Thirty Going Thirteen, they have a son who grows up to be a time traveler. It's a total sequel, but no, it was. But in my mind, canon, mm -hmm. in my head, canon, it's totally the sequel to Such 13 going on 30. All right, what's next? Jay Master sending in a $20 super chat. Hey, Jay. Hey, John. Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, The Defenders are now streaming on Disney Plus with updated parental controls along with Agents of Shields in the US. I'm watching Daredevil for the very first time. I, I mean, good. Good. For, well, first of all, not just good, Jay Master. If you're watching Daredevil for the first time, incredibly envious because yeah. you get to watch that show for the first time, and I'll never be able to do that again. So that's awesome. But you could have watched it before. <laughs> I mean, it was, it's been there. It's been there the whole time. I mean, it's on Disney Plus now, but it's it's been available. And okay, but seriously, dude, the bigger the bigger story out of what you just wrote, Jay, is the fact that you're watching it for the first time. Um, it is, I don't feel it's hyperbole say it is a profound comic book show. Like, it, it was really... There had really never been a comic book show like that, you know, until Daredevil came along. And, and like, since then, now we've gotten other things kind of vaguely similar, but it, it was yeah. really different, Rob. What makes the show so special? Well, I think that it was, it was a great translation of, I mean, obviously various iterations of the character, but they did a really good job bringing Daredevil and his world from the comics, especially the, the version of the comics that I read to the screen. You know, they didn't cheap out. They didn't punk out. I mean, it was hard hitting literally and figuratively. And I, I dug it. By the way, I'm curious if on Disney Plus, did they change? Is it in 4K? Is it in Dolby Vision and HDR? Like, have they done anything post-wise or they just poured I doubt it? Right it. I doubt it. They too. probably just poured it. They would have made a much bigger deal out of it. Uh, yeah, I think thing. so. And by the way, Jay Ling, cool, thank though. you. Thank you for that $20 yeah. Super Chat, man. Thanks for supporting us on that level, dude. All right, what's next? From Colin Z, I can't believe there are now parental controls on Disney Plus. Definitely, definitely a new uh, regime at the Mouse House. I mean, but in other places around the world that have Star integrated into it, there have been parental controls already. And look, I don't care how safe you make Disney Plus. You need to have parental controls regardless. Because just because you think Infinity War is okay for your six-year-old to watch... There are going to be other parents who may not feel that Infinity War is okay for their six-year-old to watch. So, I mean, parental controls really need to be there. Again, I, I don't think if Big Papa Iger were still here that we would have seen 
these these Netflix shows come over to Disney Plus, I totally believe they would have gone over to Hulu. Same diff. I mean, whatever. But yeah, it is a little bit of a difference, Collins. All can right, we get next? the original Splash restored so I can see Daryl Hannah's backside with oh. parental controls instead of that horrible CGI they put There's on There's nothing wrong with that. All right, what's next? Terrible. <laughs> Ryan's Game Talk, one of two. Which trailer has the largest gulf in quality between it and the movie? For example, the Spider-Man 3 trailer, Raimi's, was probably... Oh, there we go. Uh, the best trailer I've ever seen. Then when the movie was released, dear Lord. So what's your best trailer to worst movie or vice versa? Phantom Menace, period. No, no doubt about it. We just talked about how it is the greatest. <laughs> I, I believe at any rate, it is the greatest I trailer have to go of, with you on that one. of all time. But yeah, so I, I can't think. That, I mean, another spirit. One, what's that? The spirit. Yeah, oh. that was a good trailer to a terrible, terrible movie. movie. Uh, Gangster Squad was a trailer that looked like it was going to be an oscar oh, you movie you guys are all hurting my soul now end up being terrible yeah there's a bunch of those unfortunately all right what's next all right from daniel skinner fun fact about my siblings my brother luke was born when the green mile came out wow. i was born when catch me if you can came out <laughs> and my other brother was born when the terminalist came out thoughts so your whole life is revolving around tom hanks movies <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a family and should have been born into or, or would have been born into so i mean and hey those are two really good tom hanks movies and one not so and good one about. of the greatest <laughs> tom hanks movies ever terminal right? baby terminal <laughs> terminal <laughs> Baby, watch it. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, from John Redcorn, did Love Guru kill Mike Myers' career? No, it, it didn't, and it wouldn't have, but Mike Myers just chose to step. I mean, it, it. I think he found the whole situation very hurtful, and it was his first, I don't like using the word failure, but it was his first failure. And there was a lot of Mike Myers in that movie, too. And it's it's all Mike Myers. Yeah. And so I, <laughs> it's not that it killed his career, just but it made him step back. And we've been wanting for ever now come back man all right what's next all right from uh michael why don't distributors release physical and digital films on the same day i've never understood that much love i can't there, there is actually we talked about this once and there's actually a really rational reason why they do it now i can't remember why physical and digital i mean sometimes they do rarely though now, they usually now, have release dates yeah like, now it's like spider-man no way home has a digital release and we don't get the disc for another two weeks but. yeah well i mean we, in the earlier days, it was clear. The studios were trying to condition the audience for the transition to digital. And they're still right on track. So that's probably the still the underlying thing there. It's like, hey, guys, get used to it. Digital's the way to get it. And Digital's so get on board with digital. Completely supplanted physical media. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's physical still there, but I just don't know for how much longer. All right, what's next? Fry Minis, happy National Lumpia Day to Ray. Is it Lumpia Day? It is, yeah, and also today, as uh, someone pointed out earlier, 316. Austin 316. Oh, it is. Yeah. Why do I hear breaking glass in the background? <laughs> yep. Well, 316 is a Bible verse. Oh, yeah, but yes, you know, yeah, come on. Austin 316. Yeah. Well, for the Lord so loved the world, right? But, anyways, I didn't know that. Right <laughs> I didn't know Austin 316 says, I just kicked your ass. Yeah. But uh, I just. um I, we I? gotta go. We gotta have lumpia at some point today. Then I love lumpia. Yeah, I don't like a lot of Filipino food, but I love lumpia. Yeah. If you lumpia want to make a adobo. bunch of extra of that, yeah, of course. But I, I don't know where we could get some around. I'll here. figure it out. Yeah. All right, what's next? 
All right, from Sin Vendetta. Rob, were you there when Christopher Lee did his infamous backstabbing interview on the Lord of the Rings documentaries? One of my favorite parts in those documentaries. Uh, I did. I personally interviewed Christopher Lee for the Fellowship of the Ring. It was a five-hour interview, me and Chris, broing down. Oh. And he did tell, I don't know which version of it they used. I don't remember. But if it's on Fellowship, it's the documentaries on Fellowship. I did that interview. Very cool. In the in the Dorchester Hotel in London. That is awesome. All right. What's next? From Filled Code Podcast. I always thought Edward Norton was a good actor, but I finally saw a movie with him that really showed me how good he could be. I'll tell you what it was, but I'm really not supposed to talk about it. Hey, listen. Uh, he is great in Fight Club. There is no doubt. But what is that one he's in where it's it's a legal one where he's in prison? Dude, Primal Gear. Primal, what's that? Primal, primal Gear. Gear. Because gear. Richard, I call it Primal Gear. Oh, because Richard Gear. Primal Fear. Ah. Primal Fear, which has one of the great endings of all time. Right. So I would put, I'm not saying it's a better movie than Fight Club, but I would put his performance in it over that. But then there's another one that's above both of those. American History X. His performance, dude. In, oh my God, is so. Like, that's a that's his career movie right there. Is his performance, but that one's great too, man. Absolutely, that one's wonderful. All right, what's next? From Stubble McShave. At first, I was surprised at the high production budget for the Adam Project. Then I realized there are no back end points in streaming. It's all up front. Yeah, and when you really look at it, while there are some visual effects shots. There's not a lot. I mean, a lot of the movie is it's three people in the scene with no extras and we're standing in a forest or in a cabin or in a like single location. When they do have some bit visual effect sequences, they're really good. Really good. But but they keep the cost really low because there just weren't many of them. There wasn't a ton. Mm -hmm. All right, what's next? Uh, from, oh, we've done Brian's game. So Nicholas, just wanted to say, love your show and that I'm thankful to, I got to see Spider-Man at 4.40 yesterday and Batman right after at seven. That is a good double feature, Nicholas. That's a lot of time in the theater. That's a lot of time in the theater, but you signed me. That is a great double feature. Uh, by the way, what do you, were you even able to make that? Because that's Spider-Man No Way Home with trailers is more than two hours and 20 minutes. Oh, but then again, you got a half hour trailers in front of the Batman. Yeah. That's probably how you did. Good, good double feature, man. All right, what's next? From Witness the Witch, 50 days and seven hours until I see Multiverse of Madness. Yes, sir. A preemptive RIP to our boy Wong. No! <laughs> A casualty at the hands of Wanda that will sadden us all. How dare you? Listen, again, I, I will say this again. I said it before, I'll say it again. There are many good narrative reasons to kill off Wong. There is, other than Rachel McAdams' character, there is no character that you could harm or kill off that would have a bigger emotional impact on our hero, Doctor Strange, than the death of Wong. That's his closest companion, closest character. It could be narratively very, very interesting. But I just feel like they're setting Wong up as a new Nick Fury. So I'm going to, well, it's totally possible they can come off. I'm going to guess he doesn't die. He just discovered Beyonce. He can't. There's so much more to learn. <laughs> so much more. All right. What's next? From Crash and Coyote. Keep in mind, this is not from the most reliable source, but I was told the next Fast and Furious title is The Fast and, Fast and Fur Furious Family. If true, thoughts? Not true. Not even worth discussing. I, I don't believe that at all. I don't think Vin Diesel would go for that trade for that I title. I think it'll crashing. be Fast 10, your seatbelts. I mean, that's that was a popular one going around. Fast 10, your seatbelts. Uh, or honestly, what it will probably honestly just be 
is F-A-S-T space one zero. Fast 10. Mm. I, I honestly just think that's what's going to be the name of it, ultimate. But no, I Fast don't Fast 10's a cool title. Fast 5, Fast 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fast, Fast 8. 10. That was because it was Fate of the Furious. Yeah, Fate uh-huh. 8 of the Furious. All right, what's next? Chase the Sunrise and Sunset sending in an almost $22 super chat. Thank Woo-hoo. you, Chase. It's been weeks and I have still not recovered from the 1883 finale. I was moved beyond words. The writing, the music, the acting, the reason the family settles in Montana. My God, I have chills thinking about it. <sighs> and I can't relate because I still haven't seen the finale of 1883. It's good, dude. I got to get around to that. I, I, I've, I've loved the show. I mean, I still think um, Yellowstone is better. I, I think Yellowstone's the best show on TV right now. All due respect to Succession, I still think Yellowstone's the best show on TV right now. But... I love 1883, but I have not seen that finale yet. But all I've heard, Chase, all I've heard is how amazing it is. And and you saw the finale? Yeah, finally did, and it's good. I can't wait. I really liked I really liked the uh, show, but I can't wait, John. I know it's unrelated to this, but I can't wait for the last half of Ozark season four. Yeah, I, I know that's a show I don't watch. Though. Oh, get on that, I think. I all right, what's next? From Casey Mack, uh, two four. Well, I think he put it out of order. Oh, okay. Oh, there. So one of four. Hey, crew, with Ms. Marvel being announced for June 8th, just look at this schedule on how packed our TV viewing could be in May or June. Some of these may not be interest to you, but here we go. May 25th, Obi-Wan. Yes. May 27th, Stranger Things. Yes. Season four. Oh, season four, part one of it. June 2nd, The Orville, New Horizons. Uh, June 3rd, The Boys. Yes. June 8th, uh, Ms. Marvel. Yes. June 10th, the final season of Peaky Blinders. (laughs) <laughs> what? Uh, June 15th, the final season of Love, Victor. June 22nd, the third season of The Umbrella Academy. Yes. July 2nd, Stranger Things Part 2. Yes. And then to finish it all off, you have July 11th, the second part of Better Call Saul, final season is released. Rob can finally finish that show. That's going to be packed two months. I have to get caught up. I, I, I'm, I'm a couple of seasons behind on Better Call Saul, so I got to get caught up in that. Because you're binging all of it, right? <clears throat> Boys yeah. and girls, children of all ages, D-Generation X proudly present. Listen, guys, the next couple of months, is, we were just talking the other day about how in the movie theaters, like April is going to be the first like regular movie release schedule again. So you look at the movies coming out in April and June. We got some fun couple of months, but now it's just the TV schedule as well. We got so much good stuff. It's going to be a great... Listen, we are coming out, ladies and gentlemen. We've got the wilderness behind us, like an unto Moses leading the children of Israel out of the desert behind us. So much dry time, so much thirst behind us of when are we going to get some new content. Those days are behind us. We're heading into a glorious promised land of fantastic content coming out on a weekly basis. I'm very excited. It's going to make this show even more exciting. It's going to make it even more fun to do the show. I'm so excited about so much of the stuff coming out. Thanks for putting that in, Casey. All right. What's next? All right. From Daniel Skinner, before this movie left Netflix on the 31st, I was wondering if all four of you guys can give your thoughts on The Lost Boys. Like the original movie? The Lost Boys? Still my favorite vampire movie of all time. Cry, little sister. People are strange when you're strange. One of the best uses of a song in a movie ever. Listen, I I love Lost Boys. It was my introduction to good Canadian kid, Keith for Sutherland, um, but the mythology of it, I mean, I will admit, I will admit, it doesn't hold up so great today. Yeah, I, I acknowledge no. that. But movies are released in the context of their time. And when that movie came out, I mean, it had everything 
that a kid my age wanted to have. You had the younger characters in there. You had these cool vampires. You got the like two Corys, dude. You had the two Corys. I mean, everything was sexy in the whole bit. A great finale to it. I think it's Diane Weiss played the mom in that, yep. if I'm not mistaken. And by the way, she's now the mom in Mayor of Kingstown. So she like she's great in that, too. Love that movie. I love Lost Boys. What are your thoughts? Plus, it's beautifully shot. I yep. mean, it's such a product of its time. It really embodies that sort of mid to late 80s chic. The fashion is cool. And uh, it's the only other movie with, um, is, is it Bill or Ted? Yeah. it's it's is, uh, Which one is he? It's Ted. He's, is it Ted? Yeah. No, or is Keanu is Reeves Ted? I like, uh, and Bill and Ted? Yeah. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is Ted. Okay, oh, so, so it's so Bill. Bill. It's the only Alex other movie Winter? I've seen Bill in. Yeah, Alex Winter. I've never, yeah, I've never seen him in anything else other than. Uh, than He's those really things. nice. He's a great director. He was in Freaked. Oh, was he? Freaked, right? Oh my yeah, gosh, he... I didn't even know that. All no, right. but but they, they they also you know that film uh, directed by Richard Donner, I mean produced by Richard Donner, directed by Joel Schumacher, it really is a great product of its era, and it has one of the great ad lines of all time: "Sleep all day, us." What is it? Sleep all day, party all night, never grow old, never die. Yeah. It's fun to be a vampire. Chris, did you ever watch Lost Boys? I have never seen it. Oh, what? You know what? You I would know. like you would like Lost yeah? Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Sit down with Logan one night and give it a watch. I think okay. you guys would like How that. How can a lot. there be people in the world that haven't seen Lost Boys? I, all right. What's I haven't next? been here as long, man. I haven't seen people, it either. There's two people in this room. Fifty percent so of the people in this room haven't seen it. Is that a vampire movie? Yeah. Oh. It's great. It's Peter Pan film. Uh, L.M. Uh, Ponyo. Sorry if I said that wrong. Just sending in some support. Thank you so much. James Bonner, $20 super chat. Thank you, James. Good morning, everyone. Watch the Batman this Saturday. I really enjoyed oh, it. You know what? This is... The, the, super, Stream Elms keeps putting James's thing in at the top of our new things, but it, that was an old question, oh. actually, that James well, sent in before. That's because James is special, clearly. Okay. That's because James is special. We just like you, James. And you know what else is special? You guys for being here and enjoying us for today's episode of the John KB Show. Thank you so much, guys, for making this show a part of your day. Big special thanks to all of you who sent in the Super Chats. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the John KB Show. Sorry, I just got a notification. One of you guys just bought movie trailers, a love story on Amazon. Thank you. Thank you. And, and thank you so much for supporting this show, guys, all at the same time. I want to thank the people sitting around the table with me. First of all, oh, that's the wrong button to hit. Who's sitting over there, we got Robert Meyer Burnett. Over here, we got Ray Over. Over here, we got Chris Carr. A little bit earlier, I left the room because I had to use the bathroom. Turns out there are plumbers here working on our house, and we don't have a bathroom in the house, and I've got to go really bad. Yep. So I'm about to leave to go to a restaurant, buy, buy something to eat so I can use their bathroom. Uh, anyway, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. My name is John Campia, and until next time, my friends, TMI.